<laughs> oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> Michael J. Nelson here. This is 372 pages we'll never get back. I am delighted, mm. and, and I, I use that word on purpose. Uh, we This is the podcast where Connor Listoka, who you can hear. Greetings. Uh, hello, Connor. Greetings. This is where we get together and talk about bad books and uh, man, oh, man. Connor, I'm going to stay off the start. I thought of this right before we went live. Okay. You know the 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 word the inflation of the word amazing. Oh yeah. Like, like um, this soup is amazing. Like mm-hmm. come on, it's right. soup. Settle yeah. down. You know this uh, 65 this degree day is amazing. Is amazing. That that hat is amazing. Like no, hats are not amazing. Sure, they are, they are things. This book <laughs> is amazing. It Am is. I right? No, it's a. It exists in its own rarefied sphere. You know, it's when you see like a. A, a chart of, of hitters, you know, on base percentages or batting eye. And it's like, here's this, you know, here's these great players. And then up here in the top right corner, like where it looks like it clearly must be an outlier is Juan Soto. This is what this book is like. Right. It is, it is in uh, a class of its own. It is the thing. It is, you know, Tiger Woods when he first came on the scene mm-hmm. and everyone just, it just was obvious we were looking at a different thing. Uh, that is what happens with this book. Right. We are looking at something unique. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Well, it's like it's a five-tool player. That's what it is. Because it, it not only is is a you know laughable in its in its story and and the way that it tells that story, but it as I've said before, it makes so many other decisions that you couldn't even begin to replicate if you were trying to make a bad book. The way that it it sort of uh, modularly tells tales of characters who are never then seen again. The way that it uh, just continues to reintroduce characters that we've already spent substantial periods of time with, uh, the way that you'll you'll, you'll meet a character and, and maybe then eighty pages later gain some insight into who they are. It's. Uh, and I also have a theory that okay, because it is this book, uh, which is Antigua, by the way, the <laughs> land of fairies, wizards, and heroes, yes. was written by a married couple, and I also have a theory. And we'll we'll get to it, some proof of it, but that one of the two will write a sentence to challenge the other one to piss them off to, okay, I'm going to write this sentence. <laughs> now you see if you can make any sense of it. And then they'll write something that will put the other one in a corner. And so that they'll, and then they'll have to come back and write the next sentence so that it just is like, ah, you're going to yeah. do that? Well, I'm going to do this. How do you like that? Yes, because there are sentences that do at times, you know, appear to be escalating each other. So it will be like, he did not like the soup. He found the soup disgusting. He wanted to kill the soup. Like, that's what they are there. As it in the first section, once the two kings of the underwater realm had drawn a line down the center of the ocean, uh, sure. you, you sort of feel that might have been a, a couple's dispute that, that many of these, <laughs> these things arose from. Yes. These heightened language they are describing. We have some, of them, some examples of them pretty, pretty early on, I feel like. But not only everything we've described, there's also the whole added aspect where the... <laughs> with the multiple versions where there's a uh, entirely different version of this book that is now the only version in print that you can buy it's it's baffling uh, i'll will uh one of the final chapters has a great example of it which i'll uh, i'll point out i have i have my beloved hardcover here mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, we have Canon, which is the, 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 <laughs> the PDF. Kindle version, yes. The Kindle version. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that as well. But we have uh, all the departments, right? Oh, and, yeah. And by the way, mm-hmm. I'm fresh off an unbelievable triumph. You had a certain a tone to your voice as you, as you signed on here, and I thought that was what you were going to lead with. Oh, no. I, but now, let's, now that we're there, let's gloat for a minute, shall we? It was, it was a thing to behold, you know? It was like... Uh, it, it was it was like being at a, at a at a perfect game or something to keep the baseball analogies coming, right? We I've, did a I've bonus w- reel yes. of fanfic on the Patreon, and uh, I mean you can tell them what happened. I pitched a no hitter basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a guy got on base in that I got one wrong. Sure, it was Harvey so. Haddix losing his perfect game in the thirteenth inning. <laughs> but but yeah, I I just was on a roll with real or fanfic, and it. You can listen to the episode. It wasn't bad, real, or fanfic. It wasn't obvious. I was just on fire. Yeah. It was, we, we used all the real or fanfics that people had sent in for the first two episodes. So I think we had 14 of them. And <laughs> you've, you've got to listen to it if you haven't yet, because there are things in there that, devoid of any context, if you hadn't read the book, you would, <laughs> you would see something presented to you and you'd be like, well, that's, of course, that's, that's fanfic. That's, that's a list of 13 rat names. Uh, and uh, and and their names like Squeaky and Rat Boy, and but but it gave you pause as you debated well, whether that was real or fanfic. And no it, one, I don't think anyone will hold me the worse for it because what what is coming up in this book? Will if I read this to you, <laughs> of course you would say there's no way that a human being wrote that down on paper. Yeah. So yeah, let well, alone two of them. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a remarkable thing. We we went through that. It, I, I can't say enough good things about it. We've got, I've I've got a maybe for next time. I'll do. I'll be the one who who reads these. Uh, who guesses? Because I, I I've got to see. I've got to give myself a test for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got some good ones this time. Real or fanfic? We've got emails. We've of course got dumb sentences, and it's just yeah. like visiting a an orchard at the height of fall. There's so many to pick from. So many so many options. It's just really a, a festive. Festive thing, picking a dumb sentences from this from this book. This book is like it's rare. I used to go fishing when I was a kid. We would fish in the lakes of northern Wisconsin, and there would be days nothing, right? But some days you just throw the lure in the water, and mm-hmm. immediately your pole bends. This is what this book is. <laughs> yes, you, it's just one of those glorious days. There's not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> And dumb sentences come flying into the boat. So we're very happy. And it hasn't let up. That's the thing is that, you know, it started hot out of the gate. You know, we can run people down. It started out of the gate with a a young girl fleeing uh, London trying to get to Britain, I think, or or, or, or vice versa. Uh, You know, that was that was the initial thing. She fell into an underwater realm, you know, divided down the line. uh, Was was betrayed by an evil octopus, Charlie, uh, rescued by some mermaids. It's been, I believe, eighty thousand words. That that girl has not been mentioned again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just so keep good. that in mind. Remember that was yes. that was set up to be the. She, she was fulfilling a prophecy. I don't even know yes. if the prophecy has been mentioned again. <laughs> yes, mermaids took her to her father. There was the other kingdom. There was sharks uh, with swords as noses and octopuses that held swords in their hands. Yep, and, and she had uh, a brother who she yep. promised she would come back for. Neither of them have been mentioned again. Oh, Billy, so I think, was the brother. I don't remember her name. It is Billy, I believe, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, that, that comes up in this reading, but yeah. that's for later. Yeah. Uh, shall we dive in? Yeah, I think we've got to. It, it, 
you know, I think last time we, we got into a world of wizards, uh, Wizard Vlandorf, uh, his three apprentice wizards, and then um, they went to watch some other wizards train their apprentice wizards through a virtual um, projection screen. Was that screen a hologram? Was mm, that just a... I think it was. Okay. So, yeah, because so, holograms... Yeah. Holograms loom large. Have a big moment, yep. But, yeah, so we're we're starting with what is technically chapter six in this book. And, you know, we we have these three wizard apprentices, and we start to get some... We we had some subtle clues about one of them and their motivations, but they start to become a little, you know, just a little less vague here as as we get the wizard apprentice Jonathan. He's walking up beside, behind his mentor, the great wizard Vlandorf, and the wizard apprentice Jonathan walked up behind him and stared with an evil expression on his face. <laughs> and, you know, at least, uh, you know, at least when, when Anakin Skywalker was going, I mean, it's not really that less subtle, I guess, you know, he pretty much had like, um, you know, Rocky Horror makeup on his face as he was like glaring at, uh, at Obi-Wan sure, Kenobi yeah. type of thing. So it really isn't that different, but it's, it's hilarious that um, he, he then, smi- he, later on in the next paragraph, smiles wickedly at someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, you might as well go for it. He's, you know, there's no reason to beat around the bush any longer with this. Sure, He's, yes. He, he, he is evil, yes. He doesn't have a, a, a thin mustache to twirl, so he just has to stare at, stare at people wickedly. <laughs> uh, but a little insight into, I, I think sometimes called the Great Wizard Vlandorfed. Yes, and I don't believe that's, you know, that's a subjective thing. I believe that's a title. I think that some, you know, when we went to that Thunderdome and watched the other ones, those wizards were trying to become great wizards or something like that. Okay. No, I'm just looking at it now. I'm confirming. Yes, he is he is often called the great wizard all caps. Okay. So, you know, not all caps, but uh, what what do you call it? Uh, uppercase. Yeah, it's a it's an honorific. It's an honorific. So uh, here's a description of him. Something happens to him. The great wizard Vlandorf panicked. He pointed his magic wand and yelled, Take that! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what you want from your great wizard, is panicking and saying, like, grade school taunts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he, is, he doesn't say anything Shakespearean. He, he panics and says, Take that. Is take that his magic words as he, like, casts a spell? I, he just points his magic wand. Okay. So, Got it. Again, yeah. of indiscriminate size, by the way. <laughs> sure. Well, that gets clarified, too. They, they, they did listen to some of our complaints here. It's almost as if they were responding to the fans' questions. <laughs> sure. But you, so if you, you get take that here, but you also get magic words like kashamba boom. Yes. Which is a, a spell that uh, evil wizard apprentice Jonathan costs, I mean, casts at William. So, yes. so you get either kashamba boom or like boogity smoogity boo some of them say at some point in time but then then the great wizard is casting take that which put me in mind of one of my favorite moments from the harry potter movies where all their things are like you know you know rictus majoris um Mm -hmm. but then ron at some point in time just points his wand and goes eat slugs and then the the bad guy barfs up slugs so it's like they're latin except when they're not right uh, or, but I assume you're referring to the great wizard Vlandort's spell, Ala Kazaba Kazetchum Stratchum? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> and the result of that, can anyone guess? Suddenly the magic wand that belonged to the great wizard began to stretch longer than it originally was. <laughs> which is 
a like running uh, your your sentence through an Alta Vista uh, filter of foreign language yes. three times way of saying. <laughs> Give it back to me after you've translated it to you know Turkish, French, and then uh, Mandarin. Yes. Uh, well, the, so the stretching it to what it was already like, you know, we have a, we all can picture a magic wand. You know, it's pretty much like a, a drumstick. It's black with a white tip. But we've also been told that all these wizards are constantly wearing top hats, as opposed to you know your your standard you know Gandalf uh, sorcerer's yes. apprentice Disney hat type of thing. So it's it, it, it'd be unwise to to you know assume you know what the Ellises are trying to communicate here the top hats thing is one of my favorite the fact that it reappeared <laughs> yes. i assumed in the previous thing where he was doing magic with his top hat yeah. that that was just a mistake they just meant <laughs> i don't know how do you describe one of those hats wizard hats and then, and then the the husband you know stirring a uh, scotch with his finger goes it's a top hat i don't know yeah that's <laughs> a, put a rabbit out of what's it mean <laughs> Remember Harry Black still? What are you busting my balls for? She got top hat. I think everyone knows that. That's what a magic show is. And uh. She's like, "Are you sure? Is that what wizards have? I don't know. I don't know how to describe hats." <laughs> Listen, when they get they let us have the kids, the grandkids for the weekend again. If they, have, you know, we'll take them to the magic show. Oh God, you're drunk! <laughs> All right, he put his top hat on. The, there you go. Sponge That's cake. good. Watch yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Our marriage is a lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder how they... Well, I don't need to get into that. Okay. Uh, uh, but so, as we teased earlier, the main puzzle... The main antagonist in this section turns out to be some holograms. <laughs> the wizard Vlandorf is, is walking through the forest. I don't know if he's gathering donkey dung or what. But uh, he is uh, suddenly encountered a hologram image of the evil sources, sorceress Gwendevier appeared up in the air right in front of the great wizard. The three-dimensional image of the sorceress looked so real to the wizard, he could swear she was actually right there in front of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this hologram uh, can, can scream. It screams so loudly that the monkeys playing in the trees ran away. It uh, it uh, laughs. Monkeys in this world. Yes, the monkeys were teased here. You know, we've been promised some, oh, the monkeys. some more monkeys, but the, the the monkeys are there, and you know they're not mentioned again in this section. Um, uh, the hologram starts laughing wickedly, mm-hmm. <laughs> much like uh, the um, sorcerer's apprentice Jonathan, and her image and presence looked and felt so real to the wizard that he could sense her evilness. So this is an extremely high-quality hologram. You can sense evilness through it. Uh, yeah, the hologram thing threw me off so much because I was just like, why isn't it just her? <laughs> it's a good question. I don't understand why we're doing the hologram thing. And, you know, there's there's anachronisms in this book as top hats, mm-hmm. monkeys, <laughs> what have you. <laughs> um, so I looked it up. Uh, holograms... I mean, really, we're talking mid twentieth century. Okay. Before they were even before the <laughs> word was used at all. Ah, all right. So, so all it is is, you know, a photograph just is obviously the light reflected off something, you know, then put into an image. Yeah. Traced a a hologram sort of maps the surface of an image and then recreates that so that you obviously you also have depth to it. Yeah. And so lasers was kind of the first time you could map an image and then recreate it. So 
I guess lasers exist in this world as well. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, do the monkeys have the laser? I don't know. I'm just saying hologram is pretty specific. If holograms require lasers, then yeah. I mean, you have to assume that they would. Well, I think they don't necessarily require it to be, you know, before someone pushes up their glasses and phones in. Sure, please do not. Um, uh, But I think that that's, you know, there there really weren't holograms until the lasers could could easily do this. There's probably other ways to do it. I'm just saying. Okay. So so in this world, we have to imagine that somehow someone can plug in a laser. That's all I'm I'm, I'm positing. (laughs) But so if holograms were invented in the, you said, 50s or 60s? I, yeah, I, I felt 50s like or 60s. I felt like then they had like a you know a pretty big moment in like the late '80s where like National Geographic would have their a, a hologram on the cover like once a year, and right. then Upper yes. Deck started putting them on the back of their baseball cards. You'd get hologram stickers and stuff like that. And then the next big hologram moment was you know right probably 2012, where you know the Tupac hologram performed at Coachella. I have my doubts whether that was a hologram. You had hologram Will I Am with the Black Peas. Like on sure. election night, you know, for some reason, was like in the in the CNN studio. So I, this book was what two thousand eleven. So they might have been um, writing that zeitgeist there. They might have been ahead of it. Um, could be <laughs> maybe um, uh, the the husband. What's his name? Um, Larry. Larry. Larry Ellis. Yeah, he got his Visa card. Oh yeah, uh, because he, he had his other one was chopped up when he <laughs> when he tried to declined at the ABC's tour, right? And so uh, when he got his new one and it had the hologram, um, you know, it was like 10 a.m. and he was on his first margarita uh-huh. and said, "You should look at this. This is cool. It's this like a future. dove. Yeah, you turn it one way and you see the wings of the uh, little doves. So put a hologram in it. <laughs> so." <laughs> But then so that's my, why there's hologram. Yeah, but then my main question is: so is this hologram? Is she, uh, you know, sort of like in her Ready Player One rig, where she's like she's yeah, doing all good this Good question. Stuff, where she's yeah. like casting the evil spells in her. I think she's full Obadiah Stane in this. Okay, she's, she's in a rig. She's going. She's she's swinging her arms about, going grrr. You know, she's she's emitting her evilness in the castle, so he can sense it from the hologram. I think so, and I think the cat is watching, uh, you know, smoking a Virginia Slim and saying sarcastic <laughs> things like, do you know how stupid you look yeah. right now? Oh, my God. Please do not do this when my friends come for the sleepover. <laughs> I'll cut you out of there when you're done, sweetie. You know, <laughs> But we get these questions later because we'll, we'll, this is not the yeah, only appearance yes. of a hologram, and I have some, some more questions there. But okay. So okay. he said, the great wizard Vlandorf realized just what he and the entire inhabitants of the land of Antigua were up against. He realized her magic was more powerful than anyone had ever imagined. And, and what, does she, what does she do with this power, magic that's more powerful than anyone had ever imagined? Uh, she, it, as the image flew towards him, she screamed loudly. When the hologram reached the wizard Vlandorf, the sorceress slapped Vlandorf so hard she left a reddened <laughs> bruise across the right side of his face. So that's uh, the, the second mysterious slapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they slapped the uh, young wizard S apprentice in the other one. Um, so that's, you know, that's when you imagine, you know, you know, Sauron up in his tower, like the eyes there, like that's that what his main goal was. He, he really wanted to, to become a body again so he could go down there and slap some hobbits. I had uh, just seen something where because I've, I've never witnessed this before, but 
uh, the reality show bad bitch behavior kind of stuff <laughs> is very popular, right? Yeah. Throwing drinks or slapping. Yeah. So I'm surprised it wasn't both, like throw the drink and slap the the, the great wizard blind doors. Speaking of that, there was the, early on the the wizard apprentice William told the wizard, wizard apprentice Jonathan, "You're not all that." <laughs> so speaking wow. of that, that's like a uh, you know that's that's the real world you know not here to make friends type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's called it's not called show friendship. It's called show business. Yeah. <laughs> Slap. All right, yeah. So we're gonna have to decide who the, who the baddest bitch in the land of Antigua is here um, as we go. Well, well, I'm sure we'll have some contenders. But I so he she slaps him across the right side of his face. He's able to stand up on his feet, only to be slapped across the left side of his face and knocked down again. Uh, and then he 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 yells, "Go ahead, you witch." Finish me off and stop wasting time. Do your evil deed. So the great wizard Vlandorf gets slapped in the face twice, and then he's pretty much like, go, go ahead and kill me. You know you want to. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe try a, a take that spell, perhaps. Didn't he have, I mean, I, it would have been great if she had said, that's right, let's do this right now, and there was a big standoff. And then kind of if they could convey him just reaching for some donkey dung that was just out of <laughs> <Yes>. his reach. <laughs> like, ah, then at the last second, he was able to flick a little bit of it into the hologram's eyes. Yes, right. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, he does manage to get back to the um, wizard apprentices and he's, he says, It's the evil sorceress Gwendevier. Her spirit is within this very forest. Her spirit is everywhere. It's the evil sorceress Gwendevier, all right. I can feel her presence. She's with us here even as now as I speak. And so he's babbling. But like that's understandable since he, he was just on death's door from the dual slaps as the as they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, and you read something that brings me to a big point and we'll okay, we gotta lay this on the table. Where do you stand on the word the word or words, all right. Because this book makes a makes a big case oh. for all right being one word with one L. Huh. All right. Well, I mean, isn't that isn't that isn't that correct? That's what I would have said. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it, it it depends. Okay. I was always taught that all right is two words and um, you know, how how dare you only dumb people write it as one word. Huh. Now, now I've learned that's not correct. It has been correct for a while. But here's the thing that's going to blow your mind. <laughs> Do you know who popularized taking all right from one from two words into one? Oh God, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Ah! <laughs> God. Circa eighteen sixty-five. <laughs> wow. Right. Yes. Did he do it intentionally, or was he just... Uh, Obviously it... did, yes. Like, I'm, he made a stand. Wow. So, All so. right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does seem like, you know, they... they yeah, I've seen that on Merriam-Webster. How about that? How about that? He probably did <laughs> it to spite... yet? Probably Mark did it to Twain? spite irony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. So I'm going to go with all right. As That's fine. One word is fine. The I, I will continue to use two words. But uh, either is acceptable. Okay. Uh, well, so we get we get this sentence that you know you you might be able to pick further up on the wizard apprentice Jonathan. He felt something touch the back of his neck, but he looked behind him and saw nothing. So I'm, I'm starting to pick up that something might be going on with him. <laughs> but there was uh, I have the same sentence. The group of wizards continued on their way 
back to their cottage. A lot of cottages in this. Yes. As they <laughs> the traveled sentient through cottage, right? It's a sentient. Yes, yeah, sentient yeah. cottage. Yes. As they traveled through the forest, they could hear sounds like that from ghosts <laughs> and wolves. <laughs> that, so, those well-known. Uh, I think we can all picture a wolf sound. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and ghosts. Yes. <laughs> so were the ghosts like, hey, shut up, man. It's our time to shine. <laughs> like, do the ghosts and wolves, like, hang out together? Or is yeah. it just coincidence that they're both like, well, it is that hour. Ghosts, you want to get your howl on? You know, what? what's happening? Well, they've ghosts... divided. They've put a, a line of tape down the forest, and the ghosts are okay. on one side going boo, and the wolves are on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. You know, the, how in other languages, um, you know, you can't, the cats say meow, yes, right? Yes, yeah. But, you know, Japanese, they say kuka kuka or wh- whatever the yeah. hell it is. <laughs> who Who's the first one who said ghosts say boo? boo. Yes. <laughs> boo. <laughs> yeah, we need to know that. If, if you are, if you do speak another language, what do what do ghosts say in, uh, in all the languages across the world? And are they yes. traditionally represented as, you know, the sheet with uh, two holes cut out of it? Like, who, yeah. who invented that? Right. Yeah. Uh, but okay. s- speaking of other other otherworldly creatures, they, they do encounter a skeleton battle that we, I think we covered this in a real or fanfic. Um, yes, it, it is. This is so great. It's, it's, it, it is worth a revisit, though. It's, um, you know, they, 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 the three wizard apprentices pull out their own swords and begin to sword fight with the skeletons. The skeletons mm-hmm. were winning the battle. <laughs> Suddenly, Princess Alexandra and her close friend Timothy rode up on horses. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Princess Alexander yells, what are those things? Timothy, look at that. Their swords are on fire and they are skeletons. So it, it took her only a sentence to, to figure out what are those things. She, she very quickly said they are skeletons. But I, I'd like to revisit this because you you said that they were naming, um, uh, what was the fanfic They're, they were naming? Uh, rats, right? Yes. And gave examples of them and said, how in the world could anyone think that was not immediately say that's fanfic. fanfic well let me just read you a little <laughs> the wizards all looked in the direction that brandon was pointing in they all saw at the same time five skeletons coming straight toward them with swords in their hands the skeletons had no skin on their bodies <laughs> they were nothing but bones all right yeah. if i read that to you you'd go shut up yeah of course really. that is you're trying too hard but yeah, so they carry swords in their hands, just like an octopus. Yes. Uh... But uh, uh, and also, you know, her her close friend Timothy rode up. We very gradually have information meted out about Timothy. Up until this point, he is just someone who you know has been there. He's um, uh, I, I don't even know what a what another item of pop culture to compare him to. He's just people are just like, hey, Timothy, and he's never been introduced. But. Towards the end of this, we'll, we'll have a lot more information about his oh, role man. and their relationship. It is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's when we saw that, we laughed when we saw Timothy because it just appeared out of, like you said, out of nowhere, there's a guy. Like, Timothy was also there, yes. you know, something like that. <laughs> yes. And you think, this is so great if this is a one-off. But I've kind of come around to the fact, like, no, fleshing this guy out later was the greatest move ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Long con. It's, just It's so good. Tens of thousands of word passed, and then we get just, like, an absolute Timothy dump. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's my question to you, and maybe a listener can answer this. I haven't taken the time to do it, and I should have. Uh, who's where in the kingdom? Because... 
Here's the sentence. Let's get the great wizard Vlandorf back to the castle of King Arlexandrio. Mm -hmm. The four of you had better stay in the castle for now until we figure out what is happening out here. <laughs> Let's go. The wizard apprentice William helped the great wizard Vlandorf onto Princess Alexandra's horse. William yelled, Princess, ride with Vlandorf. All right, so... Are they going to their own kingdom, or is he different? That's... Is King Arlex Handro has a has his own great wizard, so he doesn't need Vlandorf, or, or what's happening here? That's a good question, and it's complicated by the fact that every single kingdom is identical. Is identical. <laughs> that they all have a precocious daughter, princess, they all have their own great wizard, and that they're... The, the way that these characters are meted out is extremely confusing, too, because they'll start introducing a character as if they've never mentioned it before even though they've spent thousands of words discussing it, or they'll mention a character like Timothy and act like you've known him all along. So it's very hard to keep them straight. Okay, so you and you don't have a mental map. As you read about Vlandorf riding to King Arlex Handrio's place, you're not like, ah, mm-hmm, so they're riding east. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. yeah, and that's the thing. They're all spread out in various areas. You know, the, the, the evil sorceress Gwendeviers in the north. Other than that, I don't know which, which of the three is where. Um, someone, again, we need a, we need a map. Um, that would be very nice, but, uh, it's, it's too much to keep track of unless they're telling you which weapon the princess has hard for me to keep track of it. Okay. Yeah. And unless they're, um, you know, practicing with a stick or practicing with Timothy, then it's really, yes. Yeah. Those are the big clues. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not the only one who's confused about where they're going no. and which wizard belongs to which kingdom. Not at all. But I okay. believe right. what they're setting up is a, a consolidation of the three kingdoms at uh, Arlexandrios, maybe? At one of the king's places where they're going to have the fair. Because they're going to have the fair, and then that's going to be like the last moment of normalcy before they, you know, they go off into batter, battle of you know, the Helm's Deep battle with Gwendevier. Right. But some of the kings—so there's three kingdoms—well, there's four, but the one is the, the, the witch, north is the, the evil sorcerers. Yes. But uh, one of— <laughs> <laughs> One of the kingdoms has mini wads. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they do. They have that. That was the kingdom of mini wads and centaurs. We then later have the kingdom okay. of, of gnomes and elves, I believe. And I forget what the third one spe specialized in. Okay, but each one sort of has a little. They they have like their um, uh, separate little areas, right? They have little. You know, you live across the tracks with the mini wads yes. kind of a thing. Uh -huh. yep. But each one has its own. Uh, yes, they they all have their okay. own. We They're not like all crammed. Gentrified. In. It's like the yeah. mini wads and centaurs don't have to fight over the uh, the uh, like eastern part of the eastern kingdom or anything like that. No, I don't believe there's any center or mini wad conflict. I, I think that okay. other than the <laughs> sorceress and her trolls and goblins, everyone else gets along. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> all right. There's peace in the kingdom. Yes. Okay. We do. Well, we get. On. We get something uh, that we were very unclear on um, earlier, which was, was the magic wands um, and their size and how people are able to ride on them. It's spelled right. out here. A, the great wizard Vlandorf pulled out his magic wand. He threw it up into the air and it floated above them. The wizard Vlandorf pointed his finger at his wand and yelled, "Alla kazaba ketch kazetchem stretchem." Uh, suddenly, the yes. magic wand that belonged to the great wizard began to stretch longer than it originally was. It stretched yes. long enough for two men to sit on it. So he's going to sit on it. <laughs> so you're still imagining, you know, uh, a, a drumstick in circumference, but they, uh, the two men then sit on it like it is, oh, say, a, a broomstick from a popular fantasy series. 
Yes, and and remember, we had a discussion about this in a previous episode where I was picturing the sitting astride it, Mm -hmm. which is an awkward picture uh, because, again, drumstick with two white tips, right? Or what have you, or a stick that's sort of magical looking. Uh, But I was like, well, I guess. I mean, if you're going to ride it, would you go astride it? And you went for the no standing on it. <laughs> it was... Which is equally, neither is, is good. <laughs> uh, but they had not yet introduced the uh, Ala Kazaba Kazetchem Stretchem spell. Sure, that was what... So it's unclear whether in previous chapters they were astride or riding it. I yes. still think it's an open question. My ignorance is like, you know, you when you watch an, an old sitcom and there's there's jokes that you find, uh, you know, have not aged well. You have to take the context into into consideration when, when, when you hear my now laughable idea that he was standing on the magic wand. We had not yet been told that there was a a la Kazaba Kazechim Stretchim spell. That's uh, what I'm so. saying. I think even if even if you look back at it, I think it's still unclear, and I think either <laughs> one of us could be, um, unless they say the a la Kazajib Stretchim sure. Ketchum. Yep thing then we can i think we're left to our own devices yes okay thank you well i I appreciate Mm -hmm. the even if you're humoring me i appreciate not being mocked for my no i'm not i was unclear and that's why i think that you're standing on it i i was swayed around to your opinion (laughs) because i'm like well how do you stride a drumstick yeah so anyway uh we get another hologram yeah (laughs) the the great dragon voral trar Mm mm-hmm Three R's. Hologram. Four yes. R's, sorry. Yeah, which is also an honorarium. Great Dragon oh, yep. Voltra, Voroltra. Yeah, he's been to the Academy. Uh, he attacks the apprentices. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> so he's, they, they say it's alive and coming after us. It's, it's a three-dimensional hologram of the Great Dragon Voroltra. It's alive and it's coming after us. The hologram is on fire and it's headed toward us. <laughs> So we've got we've got holograms on fire at this point in time. Uh, I, I and again, I think that's outside of the realm of what a hologram can do. Uh, um, yeah, I haven't checked. Let me pull out my <laughs> Mastercard and see. Right. No, it is not on sure. fire. Can your can the can the eagle on your on your credit card is it able to to spit out streams of fire? It is unable to do that. It says I'm suddenly afraid. the hologram of the dragon spit out a stream of fire right at the two wizards. The fire missed them. So, I mean, it wasn't right at them then. It was, must have been sort of in, in general general area of them. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the, the humor of this book. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we, I would like to point it out. I'd like to give points when they come up for okay. genuine jokes. Oh, boy. So they're, they're flying a, away from the burning hologram dragon. William and Jonathan. William and the Apprentice. Uh, also honorariums, the wizard apprentice, William. <laughs> uh, William, if you make us drown, I'm going to punch you. William yelled, shut up, Jonathan. <laughs> so, you know, you got to give him, you got to give him that. I read that and I was like, eh, you know, if that was a line in a Marvel movie or like Oscar Isaac stated in one of the new Star Wars is like, you would not, I mean, it wouldn't be out of place. Right. If you, I mean, if they, it would probably say, if you make us drown, I'm going to kill you. So I, you know, shut up. I'm trying to drive. Like, eh, exactly. So it. credit where credit is due. The holograms are on fire now. The holograms are on fire now. Uh, uh, but, but no, so, or it would be more like, uh, 
Uh, next, you're going to tell me the holograms are on fire. And then, you know, the fire would come up next to his head. Like, I won't tell you it, and, you know, or something like that. God. Um, but it raises my question of, I worry that, I worry she's that the evil sorceress Gwendefier is gonna gonna realize that maybe she doesn't need uh, the blue dragon Vortrar. I I, th- I think that's true. I mean, if you uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, when drone technology came about, right? Mm-hmm. We're not gonna put a pilot up there and put them right. in danger, right? Yeah, but so must, she's it, got, like, I got one dragon. If an arrow hits, and it could him, be on fire. I mean, yeah. So I'm just going to send my fire-breathing hologram, mm-hmm. which does the same thing. Right. It seems to me like a no-brainer. Unless, you know, she, he is in the in the rig, like, you know, breathing yeah. fire and like, you know, going rawr and stuff like that. I guess. But if you have a thing that could project the fire. So, so when he's in the rig, do you think he has to shoot the fire? Or is the fire purely a product of the hologram? I mean, you know, Ready Player One, you would feel when the b- fake bullets hit you. So I'm sure they have, you know, you have to you have to breathe it. You know, they probably have to leave enough space for that in there. The early models of the rig probably got melted when they realized that it, it wouldn't handle fire breathing. That's true. Do you think the dragon then, with his suit on, could you kick the dragon in the crotch? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like you could on a, on a hell of a rig? He has a microfiber crotch inlay, so he can feel all that. Shh. She sure. comes to she 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 wonders where he's where what he's up to and she like you know you know what's going on in there not nothing nothing sorceress like don't open the door, <laughs> um, but yeah so it just it brings a lot of questions I, I feel, he 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 might be easily replaced if she does that or she, maybe she could get a, a a regular dragon not a great dragon if he can just you know light himself on fire as a hologram and start soaring at wizard apprentices. Yeah, that's true, man. Does he? I, I wonder if the great dragon worries about that in, in terms of, uh, you know, just employment. Yeah, exactly. Like, am I putting myself out of business here? Like, does he come in and, like, snip the wires to the hologram machine? Yeah. So that he ensure his, uh, like, some other schmuck can't just come in and run the, the rig? He has some malware uh, embedded in it, like uh, Newman sure. in Jurassic Park. So if he ever gets fired, he can activate a kill switch. Right. Um, yeah, it, it it raises a lot of questions, and and I don't have the heart to to search and see if holograms are ever mentioned again because they came so strong in this section that it would break my heart if we didn't get any more. But the, the the fire the the on fire dragon uh, hologram ends up uh, not being able to pull up in time as those guys fly towards the river and it slammed into the river and its flames were extinguished. All you could see was steam coming up from the river and the hologram of the blue dragon Voltrar disappeared. Right, and. This led to one of my favorite. So then they had, as they always do when anything happens, they head back to a castle. <laughs> I mean, that's what we, that's what we all would do. Yeah. Uh, when when the going gets tough, just head back to the castle. So this is one of my favorite yells of all time. <laughs> okay. Uh, Princess Alexandra, the Great Wizard Vlandorf, the Wizard Apprentice Brandon, and Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> rode near the castle on the two horses. Several knights rode up and yelled. And I won't yell this all because I can't. Okay. Princess Alexandra, are you all right? One word, all right. The knights have been looking everywhere for you. Why did you go off on your own, princess? Your father and mother, the king and queen, are very worried about you. What has happened to the great wizard, Vlandorf? <laughs> princess Alexandra yelled, which I guess I would do if he came out and yelled at me. Mm-hmm. 
Let's just get the great wizard Vlandemarv inside the castle so that his wounds can be attended to by the physician. We will answer your questions once we get to my father. <laughs> that is the weirdest yelling exchange I've ever heard. Yes. Because in the first case, Princess Alexandra, are you all right? You'd pause and then she could yell back. Well, I'm I'm good. Yeah, right. You know, the great wizard Vlandorf needs some help. But no, this guy just keeps yelling. <laughs> And then she waits until his paragraph of yelling is done, and then she yells back at him. Yes. The, uh, the, the way that the book is written is, is just, uh, you know, novel, novella-sized paragraphs. So in order to have dialogue, I, there's no dialogue. People yell, um, you know, entire paragraphs at each other. Um, I think it would have just broken the flow if you had characters having a normal conversation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> is, is that something they never mastered? I I, I know that when I kind of started writing novel stuff, like it, it does take a while to get. Yeah. Like, how, how do I convey dialogue back and forth? Um, how much time do you waste saying, you know, Someone's someone so said yep. something? Right. And how much do you just like stagger right. the conversation? You know, it just takes a little bit to get it. It's not an easy thing. So they you know. didn't even attempt. Sure. No, they, they, they. <laughs> they just. <laughs> People just, yeah, they yell entire paragraphs and then someone <laughs> yells something back. Um, but they, they uh, after, after the yelling is done, they, they summoned the royal physician Kennings, <laughs> yes. who, uh, who helps Vlandorf onto a large board. And uh, Vlandorf rested on the board. So then the, uh, the royal physician Kennings bent down and examined him and says, get him into the castle. And it's never a good thing, right? When it, they call them a backboard. Yeah. Is, is that what they call them on, uh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. When on the football field? Or yeah. It's never a good thing when you see someone in the, uh, in the backboard yeah. you know, with the, the heads in the thing so they don't move their spine at all. It's like, ooh, this is, this is bad. Right. Flandorf so doesn't even do the thumbs up as he's being hiled right. off the field for people <laughs> to <laughs> cheer for him. No, no one even clapped when Flandorf <laughs> was taken away. Uh, and that's uh, we, we get close to the end of this chapter, which ends with the queen giving her daughter a hug. She she sort of tries to say like I wasn't alone. You know, Timothy was with me. <laughs> and yeah, queen, Timothy. Oh boy. Queen Gwyneth says that's fine, dear, but just having only Timothy with you is not enough. And I was at this point, I was like, just tell us who he is. And we, you know, that that does get fleshed out. But it, it's very similar to an earlier exchange where another. Uh, princess was told you can't go into the woods by yourself it's i don't remember if it was the same one i don't think it was but no i uh, think it was is it sandra or no i think it was the one with the stick the stick woman this is the one with the sword i believe but we'll we'll, we'll get into that well i just have one last sentence for this chapter and it it might prove that vlandorf is is hurt worse than we could have imagined okay because as they were carrying him in he was crabby at them and he yelled at the knights careful careful I'm not made of glass. I'm not a tough guy like you fellows are. I'm very fragile. Hmm. Carry me with care. Glass, that famous unfragile (laughs) tough guy thing? What? Wow, yeah. He's he's suffered some trauma, some head trauma. He did, yeah. So he's got some uh, uh, brain bruise or a little bit of bleeding in the back of the brain. So... We'll keep an eye out for the wizard Vlandorf, but he's not doing well right now. No, and I, 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 if there's a, he, he has some more, uh, I think, I believe in the next session has a, uh, yeah, ha, definitely has a, another, another slip of the tongue that I believe, you know, leads me to believe he might have actually suffered some, some severe, you know, head trauma there. We'll get to that. You don't mess around with that stuff. You go to the hospital yeah. and you get 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, with anything, royal physician Kennings was hopefully is that if he's sure. treating the king, he's it's, on it's it. the best, okay. as good as they've gotten. Yeah. Yep. Um, chapter seven begins with the uh, <laughs> uh, princess explaining to her her father what they were doing, and, and the king Alexandro yelling. Uh, Timothy, I don't care that you were there with my daughter. I understand, young love. <laughs> and this is more great yelling of just this uh, this whole whole thing, uh, sort of ex- sort of explaining their relationship, giving it context, is explained through yelling. Uh, it was my favorite thing ever. The, <laughs> the yelling, I understand, young love. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was I also, there, man. Summer nights, yes. right? Boom. <laughs> Uh, but I do, uh, you, you pointed it out already, but also one of my favorite sentences, uh, but mother, I was not alone. Timothy was with me. <laughs> Just made me laugh. Like uh, in, out of context, that would be a great sentence. Yes. I, w- I wasn't alone. Timothy was with me. <laughs> the unexplained Timothy. Yeah. So it's, it's so great. And, and you know, it's... we're making fun of him because, you know, what he's a guy named Timothy escorting the princess around. He he doesn't get any cooler when we finally get the details. He's he's no, even no. bigger of a dork um, than you yes. could have hoped for. Yes. Uh, but the king yells about his daughter. She must have knights around her at all times. <laughs> king, please. Yeah, really. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> yeah, because is this the, the woman who had been groomed as well? Or is that a different one? That's a different one. Oh, the uh, hair combing yes. for seven hours? Yes. yes, I can't remember. Okay, I think we get her later. Um, but uh, here's another one. This may seem petty to point this out, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, the queen says, if something were to happen to you, I don't think your father and I could bear it. B-A-R-E. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I hope you wouldn't bear it. <laughs> I, was I know gonna... that's petty, but I I, I had to do no, it. No, it, 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 I thought the same thing. I was like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm going to ignore it. The next chapter when someone says, if something couldn't happen to you, I don't think that your father and I could bear it and spells it the same way. When that happens again, that's when I went back and highlighted this to say, like, okay. all right, you know, yes, yeah. Yeah, please, right, no, don't, so... don't bear it. We don't need any... We don't need the, the king and queen pressing hams on the stained glass windows. <laughs> um, but I, I just like how, you know, the, the father keeps talking. You know, he says, you have an obligation to this kingdom to protect yourself. And he says, Timothy, I am very disappointed in you as well, lad. <laughs> yes. And he goes on to say, I, I don't know if he's yelling. Oh, yeah, he is yelling all of this. He says, one day you should wed my daughter and the two of you shall sit by, side by side on throne and rule the kingdom of the east. You have to act like a leader, young man, and not like a love-stricken teenager. Am I making myself clear? So he's, in theory, betrothed here, right? The king is saying, one day you shall wed my daughter. Yes. But it's it's undone pretty quickly. Uh, that by... is, he is shot out of the saddle very quickly. <laughs> so maybe the king has just, you know, he can see the look in Timothy's eye, but the, the daughter... Uh, not necessarily having it, I think. And the, the queen, um, the queen goes on to say, "Hey, Timothy, don't be sad." She's whispering this, actually. So the rare stretch of dialogue that is whispered, not yelled. He doesn't hate you, and would still the king. The king doesn't hate you, and would still be proud to have you marry our daughter. So would I, Timothy. I would be honored, Timothy. I would be honored if one day, when the two of you are much older, that you and my only daughter were to marry. So it's it, the king is saying you will one day. The queen is saying, well, eh, not so fast here. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, by the way, that is a, in the center of a paragraph that was whispered, 
I, I had put it down for a sonic challenge. Oh, man, sorry. But but I believe, no, no, but I believe that the challenge is so large that we would lose half of our audience <laughs> if we did. It is a full, thick, stout paragraph of after, that follows after She Whispered. <laughs> so well, if you want to hear it, go to an AS, what is it? ASMR? ASMR, yeah. Go to one of those uh, channels and plug this text in and it can whisper it to you. But it is... Yeah. It is amazing. Go home to he, your parents, Timothy, and get some rest. <laughs> about in the third sentence, Timothy would be like, God, God, yeah. that involuntary, like, get off of me. Specks of in, flecks of spittle in my earlobe. But... Get, ah, God, stop that. <laughs> um, the, the, we get to the part here. This was a very short chapter um, after, after Timothy is sort of dressed down and uh, the wizard apprentices are going to go check in on Vlandorft who has been bandaged, bandaged up by, by Kennings. Yeah, this is a, uh, I'm just going to interject. This is a classic them, the way they write this. The great wizard Vlandorf's wounds had been attended to by the royal physician. He was all bandaged up. So I'm picturing the royal yeah. physician, obviously, all bandaged up. Like, oh, God, he did it again. Perfect, you know? yes. He looks looks down at himself. He's a mummy. What? Kennings. Yes. But here's where but we go, get go on. here's where we get my my sense that he all was not right with the great wizard Vlandorf or mastered wizard Vlandorf. Um, the wizard apprentice William said, "Rest, master wizard Vlandorf. You have had a rough day and you are exhausted. You need to rest. That is all." The wizard apprentice Brandon asked, "Can I get you something, master wizard Vlandorf?" The wizard Vlandorf said, "Yes, Brandon. Please give me a sip of water. My lips are quenched." <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, Landorf, I'm going to get Kennings. Yeah, do you, you stay right there? Do you taste copper or, or maple syrup, Wizard Landorf? This is not good. But oh, it's, I smell. Uh, what is it? You smell something? Uh, bur- you, I bitter smell almonds, burnt toast maybe, right? or something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he they they knew that there's a, a word you use when you're when you want water. <laughs> um, but uh, it's usually the word that you use after you've had the water, not the one to describe your your lips. Larry, re- come over here and re- what? what? Read this <laughs> sentence. Is this right? Yes, my lips are ch- quenched. Yes, I think quenched. Right? Yeah, that sounds like a good quenched. idea. Yeah. yeah. Speaking <laughs> of margarita clock, why you're like three behind me? What are you doing? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. We're gonna be sued. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Hey, you know they, it's they're just giving our money back to them with the royalties here. Uh, please keep in mind all these depictions are, parody, of course, parody, satire. parody, satire, yeah. parody, satire. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's all I had for this chapter. Brief ones. Same here. Yes. I, I ended on the exact note. <laughs> <laughs> keep your keep your lips quenched, people. Yep. Well, keep before chapter quenched. eight, I, I think we should probably see if you can keep your hot streak going in fanfic. And now I bet they bitchin' cause my flow switchin' Tryna tell me what to write about some fan fiction Can't they just be happy? I no longer have to face eviction That I'm living on my life Alright, well, uh, after the, the magnificent showing it, It's hard to say what would be considered um, You know, a follow, an act to follow that So, um, are we gonna be disappointed If there's anything less than a, a perfect score here? I don't know I think, I, if I had to predict I think it's, you know, Knobloch and playing for the Yankees, mm. you know. He was hitting when he was playing for the Twins, you know, hitting 290, maybe up edging towards 300 and 
just making those golden plays, and then went to the Yankees, started throwing, and couldn't throw to first. Yeah. And is looking at his hand as he throws and sailing it off into the into the crowd. That's what uh, I predict might happen <laughs> well, here. The yips so might I've got be the yips. Self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. I don't know. We'll All see. Right. Here are five okay. segments. They either come from later in Antigua or uh, or our fanfic written by our loyal Jackal listeners over at patreon.com slash 372 pages. Great stuff happening. That's the only place to hear your your triumph. People think I'm exaggerating probably to get people to go sign up, but it was it was a special moment. It was I was glad to glad to witness it. No, I mean we referenced it at the time. It's like it is it's like a no hitter when there's no one in the stands. <laughs> it's behind the paywall. <laughs> My triumph is is for no one to see. No, but people on the on the page were were were, were into it. They were saying, you know, like I I, I held my my six month old up to the up to the speaker so they could be there to witness it too. Type of thing. Like, so, <laughs> okay. uh, people were comparing it to the end of the natural with the home run into the lights. I've had a lot of baseball ba, ba, references today. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's number one. The blue dragon Voraltrar yelled, please do not destroy me, princess. Princess Alexandra and Princess Trina kept aiming their magical arrows at the fallen dragon. The dragon was seriously injured. Princess Trina yelled, why shouldn't we? You are a monster. You have destroyed so many villages. Rebecca said, perhaps we should listen to him before we destroy him. Remember how King Arlexandrio teaches his knights to have compassion and kindness? We should too. Princess Sasha said sarcastically, did he listen to anyone before he breathed fire on them? I do not think so. Princess Sasha drew back on the bowstring to shoot the blue dragon Voraltrar. Rebecca put her hand on the soldier of prin- shoulder of Princess Sasha. Princess Sasha, please allow me to listen to the dragon Voraltrar. After that, you may do what you want. Princess Sasha lowered the bow. She yelled very well, Rebecca, but be quick. The wounded blue dragon Voraltrar said, I am not evil like the evil sorceress Gwendevier. She captured my daughter, Cyrandon, and is holding her prisoner. If I do not do as the sorceress asks, she will destroy Cyrandon. Uh, I don't remember. Who's Rebecca? Is that a princess? Is that the girl who fled from Britain? Oh. I think it must, must be. be. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, with no confidence, I'm going to say fanfic. Okay. Number two. As they rode along the plains, Princess Trina and the wizard apprentice Brandron noticed that the snipe <laughs> was falling in the land, in, in the land of Antigua. The sun was setting quickly and the sky would soon be dark as night. They were riding on their horses all day and needed to make camp soon. We need to make camp before it gets too dark to see, said Princess Trina. I agree, said the wizard apprentice Brandron. Plus, I wouldn't want to run into another one of those ogres in the dark. I've had just enough of them. I've had enough of them just in the light. They got off their horses and looked around to find the perfect place to make camp. The wizard apprentice Brandron shook his magic (laughs) wand a couple times and suddenly it was light. Wow, said Princess Trina. Magic balls of light were flying all around them. They made it easier to see where to make camp in the dark. This will help us find where a good spot is, said the wizard apprentice Brandron and smiled. So that's B-R-A-N-D-R-O-N. All right. So this is some next level stuff here. (laughs) This uh, is someone. It's the triple Iocane powder switch you're thinking? It is. Because you think that I think. (laughs) Yeah. So wait, what? Well, it's either someone a, is uh, doing something so obvious that they're, <laughs> they're going to make me. Or did the authors uh, did they misspell their own character name? Is there a, is there another character named Brand Run? Well, all right. This is like you know, 
do I push the chips all on the table and say, <laughs> let it ride on 21 <laughs> because this is so bizarre? Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say that that's real. Okay. <laughs> I'm pushing the chips in. Here's number three. It's a stupid move. Yes. <laughs> the sorceress's black cat was walking through the castle of the evil sorceress Gwendevier. She was headed to the kitchen area to get some food from her cat bowl. The black cat walked into the kitchen and started eating cat food from her bowl. Su- <laughs> sun- she- suddenly, she saw a mouse in one of the corners of the kitchen. The mouse was trying to carry a small piece of cheese into its small hole in the wall. When the mouse saw the cat, he dropped the piece of cheese and ran as fast as he could across the kitchen. The mouse was just about to run into his hole in the wall when the cat jumped right in front of the hole. The sorceress's cat hissed angrily at the mouse and reached her claw up to try and trap the mouse. The mouse was too fast for the cat. The mouse ran all over the kitchen. The cat ran right after him. The mouse ran up onto the counter, over the sink, and over the kitchen cabinets. The mouse grabbed a frying pan and then hit the sorceress's cat upside her head. (laughs) Crazy cat. (laughs) The cat became very dizzy and then passed out on the floor. The mouse was able to escape and ran back over to the piece of cheese. The mouse carried the cheese back to his hole on the wall. The evil sorceress Gwendevier walked into the kitchen and saw her pet cat stretched out on the floor. The sorceress stared at her cat for a few seconds and then just shook her head. She said out loud to herself, Stupid cat! The sorceress Gwendevier walked through the kitchen and went out the other door. She stepped right over her cat as though she wasn't even there on the floor. All right, people. You see what I'm up against here? (laughs) I'm... The mouse picked up a frying pan? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say that that's fanfic. Okay. Uh, number four. Three bushes in the middle of the forest were on fire. The Wizard Apprentice William, the Wizard Apprentice Jonathan, and the Wizard Apprentice Brandon couldn't believe what they were seeing. Can you believe what you are seeing, Wizard Apprentice? Asked the Wizard Apprentice William. No, I can't believe it. Those bushes are on fire for no reason that I can see, said Wizard Apprentice Jonathan. The flaming bushes turned into holograms. The holograms were girls <laughs> the same ages as the Wizard Apprentice William, the Wizard Apprentice Jonathan, and the Wizard Apprentice Brandon. They were Witch Apprentice Lillian, the Witch Apprentice Najancy, and the Witch Apprentice Donabella. They were not sisters, but they were all like daughters to the sorceress Gwendevier. Donabella? Uh-huh. Wow, we're getting back to model land here, aren't <laughs> oh, we? Oh, yeah, wow. Uh, that's fanfic. Okay. And then number five. Oh, boy. When Gordel Gorilla and Rebecca got to his home, he opened up the front door to greet his wife. Gordel yelled, Hey, honey, I'm home. Glendra Gorilla asked, Gordel, honey, is that you? (laughs) Gordel asked sarcastically, Were you expecting another gorilla? Glendra Gorilla yelled from Bubo's nursery, Don't be silly, honey. Gordel, have you been up in the trees monkeying around with all those monkeys? Honey, you know it's getting late. It will be dark soon. Gordel said, I know it's getting late, but I'm a full-grown gorilla. I can take care of myself. I'm home now and have a very, very special guest with me. Glendra Gorilla yelled out, Gordel, I know you didn't invite a guest over to this cave with a place looking like this. Sometimes, Gorilla, I think that you don't have the sense that you were born with. How could you even think of inviting anyone over to this cave without checking with me first? I have been tending to our baby gorilla all day, and I haven't had time to straighten up anything yet. Gordel said excitedly, Don't worry about how the place looks. When you see who I have here, you won't care how this place looks. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, Again, who would ever say that that was written by a human being? Intentionally. Uh, 
I'm sorry. I'm pushing the chips in again. I I know that you know this is this is three dimensional chess, but mm-hmm. what the hell? I'm going to push the chips in and say that's real. Okay. <laughs> we have not yet met Gordle Gorilla. I believe he's only come up in these segments. Okay. Let's see yeah. how you did. Um, well, I mean, not terrible. Number one. <laughs> Number one was the the blue dragon begging not to be destroyed because his daughter Cyrandon is being held prisoner. Yes. You said fanfic for that. That was fanfic written by Jory. Okay. I believe Jory did the the multiple ones about rats last time, so I'm glad they're branching okay. out. Uh, number two was the Wizard Apprentice Brandrun, <laughs> where you uh, pushed your chips in, said that was real. That was that was fanfic. Ouch. Written by Jay. Uh, I believe it Damn was just it. a mistake on their part. They said they were going to send in another one because they didn't realize there was an actual Brandon, and then they never sent it in. So I just I decided to use it uh, just because it seemed very oh. tricky. All right. So it was tricky. One for two. Uh, number three was the uh, the cat chasing the mouse with a frying pan. You said fanfic for that. That was real. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> that was submitted by three separate listeners who I believe uh, oh, come on. identified that as the most absurd Well, look, th- does this not make my 13 for 14 ever more Impressive. astonishing? Yeah, it's like it, this would defy an AI uh, system trying to guess. For sure. That was submitted by Jeffrey, Taylor, and Patrick, who I think all found the dumbest passage in the uh, any book we've ever read. Uh, number four uh, was the uh, hologram, uh, Donna Bella, Wizardess Apprentices. You said fanfic for that. That was fanfic written by Douglas. Mm-hmm. And then number five was Gordle Gorilla, uh, Hi Honey, I'm Home, to his wife Glendra Gorilla and their infant gorilla Bubo. Uh, you said real for that. That was real. Submitted by Chap. Uh, so that's... All right. I'm, that's my walk-off <laughs> home run that I picked that is real. Come on. So, so... Oh, if I had just gotten the frying pan one. But how could Man. you? You'd feel like an absolute <laughs> fool if you, if you said that was real confidently and that turned out to be fanfic. And Tom and Jerry just being inserted into this yes. land of uh, heroes and, and whatever, itchy and scratchy. So that was we were uh, we were guests on that other podcast and we talked about Crazy Cat, yes, right? Yeah, With the, the yeah. mouse who would throw bricks at the cat. <laughs> yep. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it's it's, it's utterly insane. And, and carrying a, a, a hunk of cheese, I presume, uh Swiss cheese with holes to a uh yes. a perfectly arc uh shaped black uh, spot in the in the wall where he crawls into. Right, where the mouse hole actually has sort of molding around it, you know. <laughs> yep, where, yeah, you know, a little welcome mat that he uh, dusts yes. off. So that's nice. Um, that, we got that to look forward to. Wow. Okay. So that well, was... I don't feel too bad about it, even though it wasn't a triumph. Hey, I, three I for five feel... is your. I mean, I think that increases that's, your percentage. Yeah. So okay. Good. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move it on back to the book. All right, chapter eight. Chapter eight. Yes. I'm gonna. We just are on to the. We're on to the gnomes. Oh yeah. So we get uh, the description of the land of the south, and. Um, I don't remember which king lives here, but it's the land of the gnomes and the elves. And keeping track of these creatures is going to get difficult, so I ask you to up your game at this point. Okay. Uh, Gnomes and elves. Later we get some other creatures. I won't spoil it. But uh, the way they meet them out, it's it's weird. They'll be talking about one creature, and then they'll, just in the middle of a paragraph, They'll start describing attributes of the next creature that they're talking about. <laughs> and you have to stop and go, wait, what? You just said they were, you know, 
you know, smooth as dolphins, but they're hairy. Oh, you're talking about a different thing here. Uh, but about the gnomes, I think they are damning them with faint praise right out of the block because they say the gnomes were funny looking little men. They were even smaller than the mini wads. <laughs> I, which I don't remember. Well-known point of comparison. Yeah. Hobbit size. They were pretty harmless and never bothered anyone. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I would never want someone to describe me like that. Right. Like, he's a, he's a decent guy. I mean, you know, he's okay. He's a little funny looking. Um, you know, he's harmless. He doesn't bother anyone. Right. Like, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like it's a bad thing to say, but. You know, uh, uh, right out of the gate as your primary yeah. attribute is sort of like, just... why, why are you bringing them up then? You know, they're, they're just harmless. Don't mind them. Uh, why did we even bother? Let's, <laughs> yes. let's just move on. Yeah. They're a, they're a character here. Who's, you know, like one of the, a background person in the office. They're here, but they're not, you know, part of the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll describe them because we have to like walk through their land at one point or something. <laughs> But yeah, going uh, but, straight to the mini wads as a thing is because that remains the only thing that they've innovated in this, other than hologram dinos, d- d- uh, dragons on fire, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. Who who get destroyed in water? The holograms <laughs> that get destroyed in water. But they, um, so oh, here's they would uh, here's a description of them. They would help the inhabitants of the kingdom dig holes when they wanted to plant flowers, vegetables, or exotic plants. Hmm. So when you live in the land of fairies, wizards, and heroes, what are the exotic plants? <laughs> like, is we have this new thing called celery, or you know, like what I don't, what would be exotic? Yeah, that could be. I mean, stuff that comes from the other realm where London and Britain are could be that. That like, could be. Like, what like is turnips. what is common to you is is exotic to us. I... We worship the turnip. We <laughs> have never been able to produce another one until the gnomes helped us. <laughs> Yeah, that and uh, the fact that they wobble when they walk seems to be their main addition to, to the gnomic lore here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we all can picture a gnome. I have a couple gnome statues in our garden out my window, but uh, I never understood that they, they had trouble um, keeping upright because of their wobbling. Right. They're like, in, in, when I was a kid, there were weebles. Weebles yep. wobble, right. but they don't fall down. Yes. So <laughs> gnomes wobble, but they don't fall down. And then we get the standard Ellis uh, introduction to seven characters, all with seven different ant- attributes. Uh, a couple of them. Are good. There's some crossover here, though, right? Yeah, I mean, with the, other I mean, terms of personality traits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like none they of the ones read articles, but yeah, you have you only have so many things you can do here. Yes. This one is uh, good. Uh, the gnome of the many gnomes living in the land of Antigua. There was the gnome Hori. He was he was the considered to be the most mischievous of the gnomes. He was always sneaking into people's homes and taking things that didn't belong to him. So mischief and, you know, felony B&E are you yes. know, the same thing here. Oh, you. That was my uh, store of gold that I was going to retire on. Yes. Oh, hurry. And then they have, uh, there was the gnome Daku, who was the comedian amongst the gnomes. He loved tell jokes and make everyone laugh. And there's, I think there's another character who's later introduced as like the funny one of the group of knights or something. Oh yes, and it's unforgivable that we don't get an example of a of a gnome joke that would make everyone laugh. Yeah, it didn't. The thing was, it didn't even have to make sense because they're gnomes. Yeah, right. Like you could just tell nonsense things, but the gnomes laughed and laughed. Like you know, you ever seen an elf try to parallel park? Oh. 
Oh, buying socks for a gnome is tough, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You try to buy your wife uh, socks for her birthday, all she wants is exotic plants, right? Come on, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, because he's sitting with the gnome Alina. This this made me laugh. She was a very prissy gnome <laughs> and loved to dress up and look beautiful. That priss. What's, what's, what's a beautiful gnome yeah, look that's like? That's a good question, <laughs> yeah. You're wobbling all about. <laughs> She's got. She, she maintains her beard better than I think the other gnomes. That would probably. Yeah, I was thinking of you know like Gimli talking about the wives. They we, we lost them. We don't know where they are. You know what do they look like? Well, they look like us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so she was very pretty. All right. And then it transitions into uh, the description of the elves. Then in the same paragraph. Yes. Uh, not surprisingly, they stayed in their own little village in small cottages. <laughs> They had families and children just like the humans. Really differentiating themselves as a species here. Well, that raises a big question. So are gnomes either eternal or, ace, you know, what is it called when you bud? or you, you, Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They re- reproduce. What do you mean? Asexually? Yes, asexually. But, right? Yeah. Oh, they had but, families and children just like the humans. I understand what you're, why you're yeah. saying. Yes. Th- so in dist- it, as distinct from the gnomes. They These had, are the el- yeah. It's not saying they possessed children. It says they had children just like the humans. So, yeah, yes. maybe, maybe humes, uh, gnomes do the, uh, I don't know, they, 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 they spore. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeast or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so we get, you know, of course, descriptions of seven elves. Uh, the, the, <laughs> we get the elf Finbar. Who yes. Is, who is a grumpy old elf. He didn't like children's pets, fireworks displays, fa- flowers, or butterflies. He didn't like anything beautiful. All right, that sounds kind of grumpy. The elf Finbar would walk by a dog, butterfly, or flowers and point his magic wand at them. Suddenly, they would all disappear. <laughs> what, the, what a grump. It's, well, he's very grumpy. It's like the first thing you hear about when a, you know, a serial killer is on the loose. It's like, yeah, he was always, uh, you know, the cats would go missing in the neighborhood. And then they, they found them in his, you know, in his freezer. So that's yeah. Finbar for you, that old grump. Jeffrey Dahmer's garbage can. His dad would, like, <laughs> open it up and find, like, you know, piles of dogs and be like, hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, but Finbar is a very, very famous Irish character. This oh, really? is a, a weird thing to do. Interesting. Yes. I, I think uh, any Irish person is probably going, that's not Finbar. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so very strange to just, uh, to just you know, pinch Finbar and then turn him into this yeah. psycho. And then, uh, uh, yeah, the, the next elf is Mahan, who is uh, the director of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Barry Mann, right? Barry Mann, Maybe yeah. only one A, but... Anyway. Yeah. And then Nevins. Okay. Now, Nevins was a jokester. He had a good sense of humor and liked to make everyone laugh. But occasionally, his joking around got him into trouble. The rulers of the southernmost part, <laughs> again, please, one come example. on, another book about this? Please, is that the sequel? Is the whole thing about, yeah. about Nevins? Nevins, you know, crossed a line and had to issue a, a, an apology on his notes app on Instagram or something. Right, Nevins, you know, you should just close Twitter after midnight, Nevins. You shouldn't be trying to do this crap. Now you've got to apologize. Your whole PR team is like woke woke up at 5 a.m. with their phones beeping. God, Nevins did it again. 
Oh man, yeah. Just uh, you know, he was insulting the Prissy gnome. Maybe he uh, he photoshopped her head onto something. Right. But yeah, then it <laughs> smash cuts to the rulers of the South, King Thomason and Queen Lindrianda. And I just are we we're really going to do this a third time? You're going to take us to another region, introduce us to the king, their daughter, their daughter's yep. you know, unique ninja turtle weapon. It's really just, uh, it's exhausting, especially because like, we have talked to these people before. We have, yeah, King Thomas yes. was in the previous chapters. Yes, they they repeat it as though you we hadn't heard it before, which makes you like, makes me always go, wait, what? Yeah, do I taste met? copper? Are, are my yes. lips quenched? I... <laughs> my lips are quenched. <laughs> so yeah, you. I, I'm constantly going for the search bar. Yeah. And, and by the way, what are we up to on character count now? For uh, the love of God, this this leaves the quilting verse in the dust. Yeah. Like absolutely destroys that. And I found that hilarious that characters were just listed <laughs> in that book. And this one makes it look like a piker. Like you, you are nothing compared to this. We still have an entire family of gorillas that we have not been introduced to. <laughs> yes. This is the first mention of their wizard's rantor. I looked up, and then we we meet his King Thomason's trusty friend, the Lion Thorn, who's always the lion. Inside. Yes, he's fearless and would protect King, King Thomason, Princess Sasha, and the Queen to the death. He was a male lion of about eleven years old. <laughs> <laughs> so the book has needlessly specified every pixie we've met for one paragraph and never see again their exact age. But it comes, it starts starts getting kind of cagey when it comes to feline ages, as we'll see. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask, does this check out with your knowledge of lion taxonomy, that he's about 11 years old, <laughs> he was fully grown and weighed almost 400 pounds, he had a light brown mane? Does that check out, or is this a fantasy lion? I, I'm going to uh, I'll skip ahead to an email we received. Uh, okay. So Jan- Janelle wrote in and said oh, she was good. doing some fact-checking on this lion when it came up. Here's what I found. Um, he was a male lion, 11, about 11 years old. Um, she's found that adult lions are um, between three and eight. So okay. I guess it sort of checks out full grown. Um, uh, he weighs 400 pounds and she looked it up and uh, males weigh 330 to 570 pounds. So that checks okay. out. Checks out. And he can run <laughs> over 30 miles an hour. And she looked it up and found that they're, they can run up to 50. So that checks out too. And she, she sums it up. Is Antigua our best research book of the podcast? <laughs> If only about lions, I, you know, it could be. Oh, uh, lionsfactsking.com. Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> nice. Wow. That's a, a weird. Yeah, very uh, weird. Maybe she's like a, you know, a, a, a protect the lions type of uh, type of person. That's their, their, their passion projects, you know. This is, is it... making me think, is there such a thing as a mini wad? <laughs> is this a real? To facts king. <laughs> yes. It does seem like a, you know, a, a, a. Five-year-old telling you facts about dinosaurs, though. You know, did you know that trying to di- the dinosaurs can grow up to be up to five hundred pounds? A full-grown dinosaur is that's great, honey. I'm making your peanut butter sandwich. How much jelly do you want? <laughs> um, and so we get introduced to them. We get introduced to their army of knights, which is just it gets to be exhausting. Um, I did. I, I took notes about every every person who was funny. The knight Sir Williamsburg was a very funny man. He had a great sense of humor. <laughs> and was always telling jokes to make everyone laugh. <laughs> but then it, they, they sort of start, uh, they, they feel like they start started walking it back here because he's, he's a knight first and foremost, even though he was funny and laughed all the time. 
he knew when to take matters very seriously. <laughs> he, he understood the, th- uh, the, the seriousness of the threat of the evil sorceress Gundevier. He was ready to serve and protect his king in the entire land of Antigua. Forget all that stuff about funny. He's, he's, he's very serious. He takes, his, he takes his role very serious. Oh, it's like someone who went into a meeting and realized they did, said the wrong thing, like uh, to the owners of a company or something. Like, no, we've got a good sales team here. Uh, he's, he's a really funny guy. You're going to love him. We don't like humor around <laughs> here. No, no, no. I'm not, and he's not funny. I mean, he's... he's... <laughs> no, he crunches numbers. He's an egghead. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> We can't stand him. He's you'll you'll love him. He's yeah. He just he, all he does is work. He's a workaholic. Uh, but they do it again here. Uh, so some consider them to be the best swordsmen of all the knights in the land of Antigua. Oh well, wow, fantastic. We met a lot of knights, mm-hmm. a whole a crap ton of knights. Yes. The truth of the matter was that all the knights of all three kingdoms were excellent warriors, swordsmen, and archers. Everyone's above average. I love all my kids the same. Yes. Well, then why did you bring it up? What? 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 Right. Why did you bring it up and then leave it in the document instead of hitting you know, the delete button a couple times? Oh... Um, we get, we get in, told more about Sasha and, you know, if you're reading this in real time and don't, if you're, you know, say reading the heretical, uh, print edition, don't have the ability to search very easily. It did give you some indication that you have met these characters before. It says, even though Sasha was a teenager, those special bonding moments between her and her mother were still precious to her. Sasha didn't spend all her time being groomed. And it's like, ah, that's where we met her. She was the one who was having her hair brushed by her maidens and, you know, cracking up uh, jokes with them and stuff. Yes. In like our first episode, I think. Yeah. This was the one that caused me to go, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though she was a teenager, these special bonding moments between her and her mother were still very precious to her. <laughs> even though? <laughs> Right. Uh, It's a very weird thing to say. Sasha didn't spend all of her time being groomed. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, no one was assuming that. Um, Uh, Maybe the uh, gorilla Bobo uh, spends all (laughs) his time being groomed. I don't know. They pick a lot of nits. Was it Bobo or Boo Boo? Uh, Barhu, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, the the gorilla is named. uh, Yeah, Gorbu. Yeah, Gordle. His wife, Glendra. And their baby Boobo. <laughs> Do you think his wife is uh, pretty like that gnome? Yeah, she probably Very is. prissy and yeah. likes to look very beautiful. Yeah, I, I'm just imagining uh, right. Miss Pac-Man, essentially. <laughs> uh, but just a, red, a gorilla with a red hair bow, and she's probably wearing an apron as she's... Uh, yes. Um, maybe that green M&M, you know, R.I.P. her I was going to say, yeah, too bad. Yeah. So long. Mm. <laughs> um, the... Uh, other thing we knew about Princess Sasha is that she had a sword because we got introduced to all the three princesses Ninja Turtle weapons, as I said earlier. But now we sort of flash back and get the origin of the sword. Oh, this is very exciting to me. Okay. Because I'll, I'll say what they... The sword is made by the royal welders. <laughs> now, I don't know. I, w- I spent a short time in high school as a welder. Okay. I had welding classes. Wow, cool. That's where, you know, dumb kids. Like shop, yeah. Shop classes. But we had full-forged welding shop. Awesome. So making a sword by (laughs) welding it? So not forgers or blacksmiths? So were they using, like, flux core, oxacetylene, plasma arc? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, did they have their own uh, welding masks in this? Uh, yeah, had those been made by blacksmiths? Like, did they? I, I really want to get the authors on the podcast and just super drill down on this. The blacksmith said to Sir Bronson, "Hey, here are those welding masks you needed. But while you're here, do you, do you want us to make the sword? Because that's traditionally our our realm here." He's like, "Ah, oh, you know, I, I, I just." My cousin is one of the welders, and I, he needs the work. So I just have been, I got, I got, I got to support him. I know you guys could make a much better special sword, but uh. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, this is a welding shop. Please leave your top hats out in the hall, please, please. Thank you. And then grab your welding masks to make a sword. And then Sir Bronson says, "Hey, my top hat's in the hall. This, <laughs> this ain't over." <laughs> Yes. See, you do a better Bronson than oh, I Oh, boy, that was a high-wire act. Um, that, that's that's what I had flagged in that section. The royal welders did make her her special sword. Um, the sword wanted Sasha to pick it up, so it sort of found her, I guess. Yeah, so they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sorceress would look through her crystal ball and stare at Sasha's sword from afar. Ooh. The longer she looked at the sword, the more she desired to have it. <laughs> and I just... what. What, like how long? Like, don't you have work to do? Like mm-hmm. making holograms and and shit and yeah. flying through the, putting yourself in your rig and flying around. What are you? What are you staring into a thing? Maybe the holograms afford her that free time. You know, um, she's she's got sort of that passive income going. I guess so. <laughs> Make money while you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we got some uh, interaction between uh, the the wizard's rantor of the uh, of of King Thomas's um, kingdom. Uh, a, a pesky gnome Grundleberg has has in, invaded his um, hut or whatever. Drank up all his magic potion. He yes. drank the whole thing. There wasn't even one drop left in the in the pot. And then uh, he burps after that. And then Zerantor returns from his garden with an armful of eucalyptus plants to add to the pot. So maybe that's an exotic plant here. And he gets very upset at the gnome. So he he grabs his wand, points it at the floor right in front of the gnome's feet. An electrical current flowed out of the magic wand and zapped the area on the floor right before the gnome's feet. The gnome screamed out and ran to the area of the floor where he had pushed through. The gnome Grundleberg climbed back into the hole in the floor and disappeared underneath the floor. The great wizard Zrantor pointed his magic wand at the area of the floor where the gnome had disappeared. The great wizard zapped that area of the floor with his magic wand. The hole in the floor where the gnome had disappeared through closed up so the gnome would not return to Zrantor's cottage. And that is just dangerously close to a gnome becoming the floor here in, mm. a, in, a, in a series that would echo Shadow Moon. And I just, you know, it seemed like a good, a good point to, to pour one out for the late, great Ron Goulart, who passed away last week. That's true. Yes. Mm. And for all you listeners out there who are wondering what we're talking about, go ahead and go back and read the entire book. Shadow Moon, and you will yes. understand. Yeah. It's, it shouldn't take you more than a minute. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so the great wizard Zrantor, Zrantor, Just right? Zrantor, yeah. There's only, there's only three R's. I was inserting a fourth one. Right. He yells, and, and this yelling I thought could be in the Joe Pesci voice. Oh, wow. The great wizard Zrantor yelled, y- You're a greedy pest, Grundleberg. That's what you are. You're, you're you're a greedy pest. Get out of here, you pest. Get out of my cottage now before I zap you with my magic wand. Where is that thing anyway? I'll get you. I'll get you for drinking my pot of magic potion. <laughs> and he's doing the little heel kicks, doing the yes, stomp, every the, the Nero stomp. Down. Yeah, where you kind of move your shoulders way over, move your shoulders and arms just to kick. Like, yes. 
Yeah. Go get your shine box, floor. <laughs> but then he, Amazing. Uh, when he seals up the floor to prevent the Grundleberg from coming back in, he gets his top hat and puts it on his head. And he uh, leaves the cottage to make a fresh batch of potion. The top hat, by the way, I did search this. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I picked up on that. Uh, Zorantor got his top hat and put it on his head. There's only three mentions of top hats. What? And the, the other two are for the Wizard Vlandorf's magic show. Ha! <laughs> so did Drantor steal Vlandorf's? Or yeah. did they both just go like, how about you and I, we're, we're going to do this thing. Let's wear top hats. Like, <laughs> what? That's bizarre. We live in the Middle Ages. Like, <laughs> it'll be it'll be hilarious. Or did Vlandorf, you know, pull Zrantor aside and be like, hey, man, like, I just do that for my act. Like you look like a you look like a moron walking around in public with that thing. That's, I mean, I, I do that because there's a hidden compartment in there that I can pull the rabbit out of. That's the only reason I use yeah. it. Yeah, dude, you go back to your stovepipe hat. That's way more dignified. <laughs> people are people are talking, man. The uh, that that hot gnome isn't going to bang you if you keep walking around in the. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Um, do we get the uh, as he's harvesting more eucalyptus? Uh, sure. In his top hat, Princess Sasha comes looking for him in the woods. So we've got yet another princess entering the forest all alone, which every princess has been berated for doing this. And, of course, it does not go well for her. Um, she, uh, do, you have a, do you have a thing here? She, she, well, I, I, this is something that, um, that I tumbled to. Um, God. <laughs> she walked over to the wizard's robe and picked it up. She looked at the robe and then smelled it. She frowned and said to herself, ill, that's gross. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's obviously why I use the phrase tumble to. Is <laughs> ill, a, is that a thing? This is one that I had to copy and paste out of the document just to make sure that I wasn't like, I wanted to make sure those were like I's or L's or whatever. Okay, was it? It is, it's just ill. It, you know, you paste that into Google and it says not in full health sick. Ill, that's gross. Now, I could be displaying my ignorance here, but to me, <laughs> this seems like a giant typo or mm-hmm. some sort of weird error. Yeah. What is like, what is happening? Like they they onomatopoeia wrong and just tried to get like ew. That's what I thought. Like ew? That it's supposed to be ew. And then I looked at this... it and I was like, what if if they if they were all capital I's? It could have been like ay ay ay. That's gross. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think it it has to be. Uh, unless anyone else is going to tell us we're idiots, uh, a weird um, way to write a, a sound you would uh, utter upon sniffing that. Ill. What the hell you mean, ill? Get out of my, get out of here, you pest. Come in here <laughs> saying ill like that. I got to kick you on the floor. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't even notice it the first time because I was just hung up on why she had just encountered a, a goblin posing as the wizard. Um, she had fought it with her sword. And then she, she, her first instinct was to to walk over to a robe, pick it up, and and then smell it, yep. <laughs> like it's a you know some perv going through someone's you know underwear drawer or something. Like I, 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 utterly baffling why the princess would smell a robe that up to that point had been worn by a goblin hologram. And she didn't uh, doesn't even describe her as like sort of looking over either shoulder like no <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah. Is there? Someone's gonna catch me. I'm gonna smell this you know, thing. Oh yeah, that smells like Grandor. Zrandor. <laughs> uh, but so she fights herself, right? Yep, she fights a tree root and fights herself. These are all sort of modular paragraphs of encounter she has. 
Mm-hmm. I think this one was in one of the uh, bonus reel or fanfics as she finds yes. her reflection. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it says that uh, Princess Sasha took her sword and swung across the center of the strange young woman. Hmm. Is that, is that how you would describe swinging a sword at someone's body? <laughs> it is not. It's insane. And swung across the center of the strange young woman? So does that mean her waist? Is that how you would, uh, you know, is that what they're meaning, I, attempting to convey there? I don't. I mean. I, I, hey, you're looking good. Your center's looking good. <laughs> you've been working out, man. Your center's looking great. Yeah, taut, huh? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, she's such a good swordsman. She's able to, uh, you know, expertly size up the 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 sweet spot, I guess, where you'd want to hit a reflection of someone to defeat it. Of the strange young woman, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after that encounter, so she's had a goblin, a tree root, and herself. She finds the wizard's rantor surrounded by goblins, and. He he's not a he's a magician, not a warrior, so he knows nothing about battling goblins. Even though every time a a wizard has encountered something they need to take care of, uh, they they point their wand at it and zap it. Um, so he's either an idiot or he's just you know he's frazzled in the heat of the moment, doesn't know what to do. Well, oh, you're talking about the wizard Zrantor, who is her close friend. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly who I mean. Princess Sasha then ran as fast as she could to the cottage of her close friend, <laughs> the Great Wizard's Rantor. Yeah. Now, I, I had to, I, I went to the dark web on this one to, to, to look up their relationship. Yeah, because it's never been mentioned before. That's I mean, true. There have been close friends in this. I mean, we know Timothy. You is see close Timothy friends and with Alexandra. Alexandra. Yeah, yeah. So they have close a similar friends. thing going on. Well, that's what I wondered. Sasha and Zrantor. I I wonder that, and I um, I went to the dark web, and uh, it turns out there's another version of this book, uh, which, which expands upon this relationship. An expanded version. An expanded, yes. There's the expurgated version. There's yes, the canon. Version. Canon is. Canon. And then there's another one. Expanded. Where on I the think dark that web. Larry sneaks in at night, and turns on the Mac. Classic. I think they had a Mac classic while they were writing this. <laughs> and he just inserts his own paragraphs in there after he gets a few under his belt. Wow, so it's like pure uncut Larry. It's just, it's Larry being Larry. But and uh, What he and likes so, to do is expand on, on teen girls' relationships with elderly well, wizards. Well, parody satire. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, he does. And, uh, and so, uh, so someone recorded it from the uh, expanded edition. The Larry, uh, it's called the uh, Platinum Larry edition, I believe. Oh, wow. I, that, that, I have that insurance plan, actually. Sure. And so, uh, well, let's, uh, you'll hear. This is their relationship. It's not as accurate as this book makes it out to be, but let's listen sure. right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, throw some kale and some kiwi in there, too. Thanks, darling. Uh, great wizard, Zrantor. Oh, thank God you picked up Zrantor, my dear friend. You have to help me. Uh, Timothy? Uh, no, this is Sasha. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, so what's going on with you? Oh, great wizard's rantor, my dear, dear friend. Uh, okay, settle down. My dearest, closest bosom friend. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You must help me. Uh, okay, uh, what's up? Well... I'm at the laundromat, and my car won't start. I thought you could fly over and jumpstart me with your electrical current. Ugh, shit. 
Uh, which, which laundromat? Um, the one over by the cottage. Oh, son of a... Which cottage? Uh, the one by the River Triborn. Oh, God bless America. Uh, is that far? It's very far. It's very, 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 very far. <laughs> I know it's a pain, but seeing as we're good friends... Uh, God. Well, look, I'm getting a smoothie right now. Don't overblend it. It gets all soupy. Uh, do, uh, do you have triple A? What's that? Triple A... No, skip the blueberries. They're like little balls of pus. Uh, God. Yeah, look, friend. Uh, I got a haircut this afternoon, and then I got this thing with my gym, so... So you're not coming, my dear friend? Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you cracked the case there, Sherlock. I'm not coming. Okay, well, thank you anyway, dear friend. Oh, no. Here comes the hologram of a meth addict wielding his holographic but fully functional knife in me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. But you're still going to watch season two of Cheer with me, my friend. Sure, sure, whatever. Eight bucks for this slop? Uh, yeah, so long, friend. I gotta go. Bye. Oh, so there. I mean. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds... Sounds a little one way. Well, uh, but yeah, but so is Alexander and Timothy, if we're being honest That's here. true, I mean, that's true. We're talking about the friend zone later, and uh, hey, I mean, I, I I feel like as long as he's taking her calls, there's still some hope to salvage it. You that's know? true. I, that's for true. the most yep. part, if you're if you're picking up the phone, that's a, that's a, a big commitment in this day and age. We all have friends like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you figured that maybe she'd be able to like holographically project herself on his phone like Princess Leia, but right. I guess that right. technology is not there yet. Yeah. So she runs to his place and she finds him fighting off. He's battling. No. Yeah, uh, it's usually about twenty. Oh no, twenty-five. She noticed twenty-five hideous-looking creatures. Okay, all right. <laughs> she, she, she takes note huh. of that. Yeah, look what I noticed. <laughs> and he's he's not a warrior, so he knows nothing about how to do it. But then she's able to distract the goblins. He runs inside. He he has some trouble finding his wand at some point in time, and then he casts a spell to get it as she's dispatching the goblins. But then he grabbed the wand and then ran back outside. He pointed his magic wand at each of the goblins, and one by one they disappeared. So he didn't know exactly what to do he, um, about sure. battling goblins. He, he'd deal with them the way that you deal with every creature in this, uh, in this world by zapping them. Zapping them with an electrical current from your, from your wand, which is expandable depending upon what you're planning to do with it. But after the big goblin fight, <laughs> the uh, great wizard Zrantor asked, Princess, what brings you out through the woods on a day like today? <laughs> which I just think is a very... I don't know, is that like a Clint Eastwood thing to do? Like, super cool, uh, you know, the, the the bodies of the goblins are laying about you. And yeah, if, they still reek like they're, uh, like his, his yeah. jacket did when they wore it. What brings you out through the woods on a day like today? <laughs> God, you're so cool, yeah. great wizard. I'm glad we're close friends. <laughs> I value our friendship, too. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, he 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 only has so much time to be cool like that because um, he doesn't want to leave with her. He he says she has to come come with him back to King Thomason's castle. They're consolidating power. The, the evil sorceress is going to attack soon, but he's reluctant to leave because he says, "I built the cottage from the ground up. I built it by laying brick after brick." Um, so he's sort of an idiot if he's he's able to you know if he's able to disappear goblins out of thin air. You'd you'd think he could probably. Uh, appear a house or something like that, or at least appear the bricks and not have to go through this manual labor. Also, don't you have apprentices? I mean, <laughs> yeah, come on. They're not mentioned. Yeah, what's going on here? 
Uh, but he does the he does the Kazaba Kazetchem Stretchem thing with his wand, of course, uh-huh. to to stride it with her. But uh, the the wizard Zantror Zrantror, sorry, <laughs> gathered a few things in a bag and handed it to Princess Sasha. <laughs> what uh, what do you think he threw in that yeah. bag? Yeah. If you're the great wizard Zrantor and you're leaving your cottage in a hurry. What are, you, what are you tossing into that bag? You're, you're bringing a, a, a man at arms action figure from He Man. What? Do you, why do you need that? And, and are those like thong underwear? Like, look, don't look. Why <laughs> throw my stuff in my bag? A DVD of Adam Sandler's Click. What? When do you? <laughs> why? How, why do you even have that in the first place? We don't have a player for that anymore. We do streaming now. <laughs> they, oh, Zerantor. They 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 get back and they they do the very standard thing of once the daughter has been in the woods by herself they say are you okay what happened that you know they yell that question at her for a while she then sort of explains to people what happened uh you know recapping what we just read it's happened before it happens again we do have the king's advisor balgare asking princess please tell us what had happened and that's balgare's only mentioned so it's sort of like he's He's feeling the need to speak up and like you do in a class participation in a college discussion. Just, uh, you know, he checks the box next to his name that day. Wait, you have. I missed that one because I wrote down the king's advisor, Jamieson <laughs> and Bothan. Jamieson and Bothan. Uh... The advisor, Jamieson and Bothan. And this could be a, a book and canon misstep here. I don't know. Hmm. Because uh, I I did note that they're very different. Uh, this is when this is right when she gets there, um, and she says, "I bring disturbing news. What is it, my child? What has happened? I was traveling through the forest to visit with our friend the wizard here when suddenly there was a strange thing happening all around the woods." And that's when Balgare blurts in, um, and then they go on to meet like Sir Livingston. Okay, maybe I just have this in a different. Maybe yeah, it it's might just be. Out I think place. there are other advisors, and I, I did take note of some of them. But the, uh, we, we got this very funny exchange, I thought, as Sir Livingston and 20 knights um, travel to King Arlex Handros because that's where the fair is going to be and that's where they're all going to gather, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and then they approached uh, some 50 of King Alexand- Al- Arlex Handros' knights rode up on their own horses. They approached the knight Sir Livingston and the other knights that were traveling with them. The knight Sir Vladimir asked, Sir Livingston, is that you, my friend? The knight Sir Livingston said, yes, Sir Vladimir, it is I. It has been a long time since I have seen you, my friend. The knight Sir Vladimir said, yes, it has been too long. How's your family? <laughs> so they're just like, you know, broing down as soon as he gets there. He's just like really glad to see him. I, I found that very funny. How are you, man? Yeah, what's going on? Like, what, you, you still playing softball? Also, they they got there and then didn't do the uh, uh, Livingston, I presume. Oh, my God, yeah. Which I assumed that that's what they were. That's what the whole setup was for. Oh, oh man! Sir Vladimir asked, "Sir Livingston, is that you, my friend?" Wow! Oh, they blew it again. It right. <laughs> yes, they blew it massively. Um, and then uh, they, I think they sort of recap uh, what Sir Livingston had recapped to him by the princess to King Arlexandrio here. Okay, I'm looking up a Jamieson right now. Okay. So just to to correct my no yeah there it is the king's advisors yeah with knight sir livingston the king's advisor jamieson said my lord this is not good <laughs> the advisor bothan said this is a message for us all bothan like he, many bothans died to bring many bothans died to bring us this where I, I gotta make sure I can see this oh yeah I I, I must have noted that because oh yeah yeah 
the yes. advisor Bothan and the advisor Jamieson. Those are yes. that's right after Balgar. So we get Balgar, Bothan, and Jamieson. Yeah, okay, I missed Balgar. Sure, he's the one. Balgar, that's Princess, Balgar. tell us what has happened. They all got yes. a line. They all got class participation that day. Okay, wow. So yeah, so no, the character count just climbs. Yeah, that's another thing that I noted in, in the previous chapter is the when they were yelling at the daughter. It must have been Alexandra and Timothy. They're yelling at them, and, you know, it's like a paragraph of yelling, obviously. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they go, uh, you know, take her out of here. And then they list, like, 17 knights mm-hmm. who take her out of there. It's like, so they where were they hanging while this is going on? I mean, like, what, what are they doing? They're, like, shuffling and looking at their feet while someone's just yelling at their daughter. <laughs> yeah, like, every single person who ventures into the woods gets immediately attacked by 20 goblins or a tree root, and the knights mostly just stand around listening to the, uh, the king yell how much he respects Timothy's young love. He's got to, in the middle of his thing, go like, well, don't you guys have something to do? <laughs> right. I'm talking to my daughter here. <laughs> Like, well, I assume you're going to want us to escort her at some point, so I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm so nervous. That is how all these conversations end, sir, so we're just sort of getting ahead of it. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and I just noted that, uh, I don't need to get into it, but the, the, the end of this chapter, uh, canon and hardcover are massively different. Oh, really? Huge. I, I only looked for the chapter breaks, so. Yeah, next chapter as well. Is, is a very funny one, but huh. uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, what, I mean, what, what do they change here? Uh, they, they just, like, they expurgate did... a, the whole leaving of all the knights, I think. <laughs> That's the crux of the story. I know. It's like, I want to see each of them listed. Yeah, it's just lists and lists and lists of names and what they're going to do. Those are all gone. I mean, so this chapter mainly involved an encounter in the woods Describing that encounter to one king, and then some other guys describing that encounter to another king. So, yes, I mean, you know, if we're going to cut some stuff, I, I guess I could part with one of those recaps. But <laughs> oh, you can, you can just imagine though, uh, she's just like wiping a tear from her eye. Like, uh, okay, I'll get rid of it if I have to. And kill another darling. <laughs> yes. Well, that brings us to the final chapter of this section, which was chapter nine, which had some of my favorite stuff in here because um, we finally get. Uh, a really good look at the the Northland of Antigua, where the sorceress Guendevier rules. Um, this this is amazing. You know that in I think early in uh, the Lord of the Rings, the first time I saw it, when they just like cut to Sauron's kingdom, it is quite stunning. You know because it just looks completely different, and you just get this glimpse, and the drums are beating, and the cameras like soaring through all this just horror. Yeah. That, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, she's out on her balcony. She's, she it, it pulls right in. She's taking it all in. To, uh, surveying her amazing. winter wonderland. Yes. Uh, but it says, The sorceress ruled her land with the power of the darkness. She had no compassion and would destroy anyone or anything that got in her way. She demanded that all those around her worship and follow her command or risk punishment. And I, I, we have to take the word on it because all we've seen her do is like uh, her cat has rolled her eyes at her. So that's all we've seen, really. Right. It doesn't. Uh, not a demand of worship or anything. I like, though, that after all of that description of like just an evil sorceress, the sorceress had no tolerance for failure <laughs> and was unwilling to compromise with anyone about anything. I mean, you know, we've all had bosses like that. It's something you kind of admire. Like, yeah, yeah I know. It's guy's kind of a jerk, but you can't argue with the results. Gets results, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he doesn't plan to fail. He only fails to plan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hope the sorceress, you know, yeah, circles back to something at some point in time. 
But I demand more from you, cat. Like, <laughs> please, I'm being sarcastic right now. Uh, it was very cold up in the northernmost part of the land of Antigua, just like the sorceress's evil heart. Even her eyes were cold as ice. It often snowed in the northernmost province of the land of Antigua, and ice was everywhere. It was often, it was always winter there. Even though it was dark and cold in the northernmost province of the land of Antigua, it was strangely beautiful there. So they're doing the walk back thing already. <laughs> Got her evil heart, but it's also strangely beautiful. It looked like a winter wonderland. So using that well-trod uh, Carol cliche as a, uh, as a comparison here in Antigua. It reminds me of my, uh, it's a famous line from my, you know, my son, George. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's a unique guy. Uh, when he was a little kid, very little. Uh, and the poor guy had to have glasses, so he was like called Harry Potter all the time and everything. <laughs> but as a little kid, he came into the room. He stormed in. He's he's tempest- tempestuous at times, and he goes, oh, "I hate the world." And we went, "George," and he goes, "Of course, I love the world." <laughs> 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 Which is, you know, a summation of his character. We we love that quote, and but that's what this book is like. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. It was a horrible, a frozen, hellish, hellscape. frozen nightmare. Very, very beautiful. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's perfect. Speaking of uh, five-year-olds, I, I compared this to uh, this section here. These alligators were able to leave. Yeah, sorry, yes. the, sorry. Uh, one more sentence. The castle the sorceress lived in was surrounded by a moat, which was where her alligators lived. These alligators were able to live in freezing cold weather. The, the sorceress used her magic to prevent the moat from freezing in the cold temperature. The sorceress's alligators were ferocious and would attack and chew up anyone who got in their water. The sorceress pulled her strength from the darkness of the night and dreamed of one day ruling all the land of Antigua. And I sent you a uh, a drawing that my brother did when he was five. Oh, um, nice. It's, yes. a, uh, it's, a, it's a great drawing. I'll post it. Uh, of a character he, he created named Dino Death. And then parentheses, supervillain. Super villain. <laughs> <laughs> because you need to clarify whether Dino Death was a good or bad guy. And then uh, my dad has written the, the powers that, my, I guess, my brother dictated to him. The powers are king of the reptiles, can turn into a snake. With his terrific speed, terrific speed, he can jump onto the Eiffel Tower. And he can blow down the Statue of Liberty with one breath. <laughs> yes. So that's uh, that's sort of what we've going here. She pulls her strength from the darkness of the night, dreams of one day ruling the land of Antigua, has alligators who live in freezing cold weather because of their magic she uses to prevent their moat from freezing. That was the one that I w- was marked down as the uh, the wife writes the one sentence and then goes, okay, smart guy, follow this up. Uh, the castle of the sorcerers lived was surrounded by a moat, which was where her alligators lived. Th- those alligators were able to live in yeah. freezing cold. We got to explain okay. this, right? I mean, you, you know, yes. people will I accept thinking, holograms on fire, yeah. but they're not going to, they're going to wonder how this happens. Yes, each sentence is a challenge to the next sentence. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that explains the walking back. If it's just a constant tug of war over who gets to do stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's great. The, uh, the drawing is great, by the way. Oh yeah, it's uh, people will enjoy seeing that. I'll have to. I'll share it. Um, the the evil sorceress wanted all the kings, princesses, fairies, pixies, gnomes, and wizards to bow down before her and become her servants. And I thought mm-hmm. that like. Eh, if she was pressed on it, she could probably do without a bunch of gnome servants, you know? Like, right. are they going to be that much help if they're they're toppling over everywhere? Uh, uh, this is another one of those, why isn't this the book? 
Her pets were her family, since her own family rarely spoke to her or visited with her. <laughs> her only family lived further north in an area in the snowy mountains of the land of Antigua where no one would dare go. <laughs> Please expand on this. Oh, you can't just say that. I, I loved that so much. They, would, <laughs> they, they rarely spoke to her or visited with her. So, you know, every, every two years, they're, they're packing everybody up into the station wagon and going to visit the horribly evil woman who you know wants to enslave the entire realm oh hi larry um hi uh why do you have a snake on your shoulder <laughs> i have a snake on my shoulder for a reason <laughs> yeah kids you know all right you can you can you can watch a movie on the ipad the entire time we're going to visit aunt gwendevier but like no questions about her oh, no. no no we have to it's it's been a while and she is family i know we hate gwendevier. i know she zapped your brother into the floor last time but we've we've got to do it you know and no questions about her her boyfriend you know he's they, they he's not there anymore so don't don't ask him why he was there but she has her pets. She doesn't. Why? She doesn't even want to see us. I know. If any enemy comes too close to your sorceress, the Black Panthers will rip them to pieces. But that's not going to happen again. You know, they, she's she said she's not going to let that happen again. Oh, uh, can we watch Shrek three? All right, but I, this whining is not going to be tolerated, Mister. Then that's non-negotiable. Okay. 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 Well, would Shrek would Shrek whine about having to visit the evil sorceress? No, Shrek's a hero. <laughs> oh my god why isn't that the book they would rarely visit with her yes. or speak so they're they're calling her up i guess maybe they're just calling to ask for money i don't know but then they moved to the place where no one would dare go <laughs> we'll show like, you is that... <laughs> that's when i when i uh for a brief time was a uh a debt collector mm -hmm. and would call people they would move to florida had laws where you couldn't uh, pursue debt there it was oh, nice. easier to get debt relief and i call people and, and they would go like ha, i moved to florida you can't do anything <laughs> and i'd be like well we can still garnish your wages they go yeah i quit my job <laughs> like, well you Checkmate. showed me yes. you moved moved and quit your job to avoid paying 20 dollars yeah. a month on a credit card debt <laughs> You win. Yeah. So yeah, Gwendevier's uh loser brother is up there like, you know, burning his uh his like old high school textbooks to heat his family up, being like, <laughs> sucker. Why did you bring us to the land where no one would dare go? <laughs> Let's see them try to garnish my wages here. <laughs> um I watched one time something, I, I forget what it was, but some guy was being served with papers and the guy immediately just like threw it on the ground. It's like, drop serve, drop serve. And I'm like, how many times have you been served that you know how to deal with this in like a, you know, legal loophole kind of way? <laughs> I'm flying a maritime flag yes, upside exactly. down. Sovereign I'm my own citizen. Country. Um, and then it goes into the black cat's relationship. It says it was such, he was, uh, she was someone that the evil sorceress could depend on to talk rationally to her. If the evil sorceress got too angry, her judgment was clouded. Her cat would be there to reason with her and make her thoughts and decisions more clear. So keep in mind that this cat, who's her like uh, consigliere, uh, is going to be hit on the head with a frying pan by a mouse at some point. In time. So that's the real rational and uh, you know level-headed uh, uh, confidant there. Uh, there were many times when the sorceress Gwendevier wanted to have her cat destroyed, <laughs> which, I mean, a lot of questions there. Yeah. You are an evil sorceress, <laughs> but you're going to like 
pack the car up, like put her in the cat crate. Yep. Head down to yeah. uh, where? Compassionate like, cat care. In your kingdom. And it's like, you know, the the ringing of hands. Like, I didn't want to do it. But it's a very sarcastic Making the right cat. decision. Yes. We yeah. understand. Yeah, that's ex- that's a, that's explicitly said why. It's because for being so sarcastic. So yes. the eye rolling is what got there. We've had we've had sarcastic cats, and yes, we handle it. And I can assure you, it will be done humanely. Oh, I didn't want it done. I don't care. I just don't want to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and the the more more details about the black cat is it was often found lying around the castle, licking her fur to get it clean, or drinking cow's milk, which I appreciated them being specific about. <laughs> But isn't that cats famously don't tolerate cow's milk, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a cat, cat person, yeah, yeah. but I, I had a cat friend who told me, don't ever give milk to a huh. cat. No, we, we did a, a Rift Track short, too, where they where they where it was about a cat, and they oddly specified, like, now it can ha- it's old enough that it can have cow's milk. So okay. I don't know if All they right. just needed to tell people, like, you know, if you're milking a goat out back, like, don't give that to the cow. It tastes okay, too maybe just kittens can't or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. But she right. also, besides her Black Panthers, which are all between the ages of 10 to 20 years old, uh, she has uh, an Egyptian cobra snake, which she carries yes. around with her. <laughs> that that famous uh, all uppercase proper noun, <laughs> Egyptian cobra snake. I did not look it up. Is that a thing? I didn't look it up either, but I thought that might have been a way to skate around how she got it. It's like not from Egypt, like she didn't import it. It's like, you know, it's a... You know, that proper name, like a Northern Cardinal type of thing. Okay. And uh, in case you didn't know about snakes, this is apparently a thing that's that uh, happens regularly, I guess, because it's described. If anyone got too close to the sorceress, her snake would flare up in anticipation of the sorceress' very survival <laughs> being threatened and then strike out at its prey. It would bite the victim with its fangs. Not, you know, not with its ass or anything. <laughs> and the deadly bite would paralyze the victim with a neurotoxin. So now we're going into a deep dive. Uh-huh, here yeah, snake. how snakes The work. snake's victim would just lay there, not lie there, on the ground, <laughs> staring helplessly as the poison traveled throughout their body, eventually destroying them. <laughs> it gave the evil sorceress great pleasure in watching her enemies die in such a horrible way. Amazing. But it... it it doesn't specify at the beginning that they even have to be enemies. Yeah, yeah. If anyone got too close to the sorceress. Her brother visits uh, once every two years and he comes in and he's like, oh, hey, sis, I'm really sorry. Johnny uh, Johnny had a, you know accident. He threw up in the bathroom from being car sick. Do you have a, a no, not one of your good towels to clean it up with, but like a like an old pile of rags? Or, ah! <laughs> Neurotoxin! I was, I was just going to grab the beach towel. Paralyzed? ink stains on it. <laughs> Um, and so she, it also specifies that her favorite snake was also known as an Egyptian asp. So I'm not sure if that's the same thing as the Egyptian cobra or not, but. Well, it's surely not. I don't know what's going on. Um, but she also has, uh, nasty looking trolls that work in her castle. Yes. She does not have royal welders. She has nasty looking trolls making weapons out of steel to get ready for an inevitable battle. Uh, and it says, it's just an amazing description. The trolls in the castle Guendevier were much larger and more powerful than the gnomes of the south. Uh, I mean, you would hope so, right? Like, sure. <laughs> they were very disgusting. <laughs> as the trolls work, as the trolls worked, 
Large amounts of thick greenish mucus drip from the corners of their mouths and out of their noses. Here we go. The mucus was so thick, it looked like green snot. (laughs) 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 Just a Hall of Fame sentence. Uh, One of of my favorite things we've ever read on the podcast. Amazing. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Underline four times. Oh, my God. It looks like the thing that it is. Mm -hmm. They smelled bad and had uh, foul body odor. They never bathed. Well, that could be that could be one of the related. Reasons. The hairs on their backs were so thick they looked like the backs of grizzly bears. They were very dangerous and vicious. They had no conscience and would destroy anything that got in their way. They too pulled their strength from the darkness of the night, <laughs> just like the evil sorceress Quindevier. Uh, it's another thing that I absolutely love. There's the idea, this concept of pulling your strength from the darkness of the night. Um, is, is very nice. I'm picturing like the dark crystal uh, Skeksis who just stare at that crystal and, and pull their strength from that. But yes. it's just, uh, they were the most hideous looking creatures in the entire land of Antigua. And fascinating stuff here about how it works. The trolls came out mostly at night to make weapons. And okay. also to pull their strength in the darkness, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. But um, so I, I just assumed they were running three shifts. Right. You know, first shift, second, you know, six to 12 or six to uh, two, whatever. Uh, no, mostly at night. <laughs> and I wonder if Gwendevier, that's got to, she does not brook any, you know, she's very focused on her job. Mm-hmm. That has to gall her. Like, you guys can't work. I mean, we, we'll cover the, we'll tape the windows. Right. Come on, man. Well, no, it's not. We can't just work with any darkness. It has to be the darkness of the night that we pull our strength from. We, you know. <sighs> We can't. It's like artificial sunlight. It's not the same. No, thing with no. Plants. I I pull my strength from the darkness. I get right. it. I you get of all it, people okay? should understand what we're coming from here. You know? I, all right. We're not trying all to be unreasonable. It's just we have a new contract up, and we're we're having a new collective bargaining agreement. But my malicious goblins. Look, well, they okay. need weapons. Oh, and what are the goblins doing at night? They're sleeping in the walls of the castle. Would you prefer us do that instead of making your your steel weapons? No, they're ugly and hideous, they're too. They're hideous, That's yes. True. They're, true. They are half human and half bat, you know. Goblins. That's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> why don't you get some real goblins? Instead, I mean, why do you call these half human, half bat things goblins? Which leads me to, so they make the weapons for, the, the army is goblins. Okay. The trolls make the weapons for the <laughs> goblins. The goblins are half human and half bat. But uh, what they say, they have an opinion about this thing. They say, uh, they felt that the inhabitants of the land of Antigua would be powerless against their weapons of steel. Wow. Okay. They felt that. They, they, uh, they just had you a know, good I, feeling. I, I got a real good feeling about our weapons of steel. <laughs> you know, uh, you said wood. I think steel's the way to go. And I, I have a good feeling about yeah. it. Do you, want to, do you want to test it at all before the inevitable battle? Because every time no, 20 to 25 no. goblins gather, they get just zapped away by a wizard. No, no, I don't think so. I got a good feeling about this. <laughs> all right. Good talk. See you in the walls of the castle where you sleep. <laughs> When they slept in the walls of the castle, uh, the only thing you could see was their evil dark eyes glowing in the (laughs) darkness. Their eyes were actually very frightening. (laughs) (laughs) So the trolls are out there. They're they're, they're doing the hi-ho thing, going out to work under darkness of night to make steel weapons. And they just see these evil eyes glowing as they walk through the hallways. Uh, They do not, again, could have been drilled down on what do the goblins think of the trolls. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, what is that relationship like? I mean, it sounds like the trolls are sort of, I mean, the goblins probably consider them superior because the trolls are, are working for them to make them their, their steel weapons. Yeah. So there must be a real, like, uh, you know, nose in the air attitude about the half bat creatures looking. Eh, thanks for my, <laughs> thanks for my weapon. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. We dick. What was that? Yeah. Like uh, nothing, nothing. Thought I heard yeah, something. I thought maybe, so. maybe it was just mucus dripping out of your nose. That looks like green snot. Oh no, it looks like it, but it's it, that's it's just because it's so thick. Oh, that's uh, why it looks like green snot. Oh, that, but it's just mucus. That really clarifies things. I I, <laughs> yes. I feel like we related. How how's your family been, by the way? <laughs> uh, they moved up north to the place that no one goes. Oh, that's rough. I don't see them that often. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then her other subject is a uh, an owl named Orand. Yeah, he was mentioned before. Was he? Oh, yes. Beautifully mentioned. Holy like, sh- in the middle of nowhere, it was just like Orin, the owl, oh. and that was it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because you mentioned yeah. she used to use her crystal ball to stare at the uh, sword that the royal welders made. Yes. And yes. we get a, a in, you know background on that, which is that Orin uh, has big, beautiful owl eyes that yeah. um, he looks at things. And then that transmits it to her crystal ball. She has an owl okay. intermediary here. Okay. And he lives... Seems a, like she should cut that out. It seems like she could use her all-powerful magic to maybe make it not depend on an owl. Right. Like, she's like, why right. is there an, a, a, like a hot like owl in a bikini in my crystal ball? Orind! Come on! Focus! <laughs> but Orinda, Orinda lives underground, or lived under the ground in a burrow, which was big enough for him to rest and sleep in. So I'm glad they clarified that where he lives is is big enough to contain him. Uh, Orand, the underground owl. Okay. <laughs> there is a minor league baseball team called the, it's in Utah, the Orem Owls. So I have no oh. idea if something's going Whoa. on here. They spell owls with a Z. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, maybe someone wow. there. Wow. Yeah, we don't know anything about the, uh, you know, it would, wouldn't surprise me if um, this had like a, Utah connection, this book. Hmm. Yeah, it goes deep. All right. When people well. search for the Oramals, they also search for the minor league team, the Ogden Raptors. So, of course. Uh, Utah, yes. another team. Uh, so, the uh, evil sorceress, Gwendevier, yes. I'm always, I stumble on every name, who is estranged from her family for reasons we, we do not know, but wish we knew. <laughs> um, here we go. We, we reference this at the very start of this. She also knew well of the prophecy of the human child from the other side of the waters of Antigua, and she was taking no chances. My. She was always on the lookout for such a child so that she could destroy him huh? or her. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. We're back. Or- We're back to, to London and or Britain. It's all come full circle. But, but it really means Orend is on the lookout then, right? Like Orend is doing the... the, okay. the let's, let's make no mistake. Sure. Orend yeah. is doing the work here. Wow. Uh, so when Orend... Orend must be happy. Like, I don't know where in proximity the uh, crystal ball is. To his underground burrow? To the burrow or to the steel weapon factory. Mm-hmm. But Orend must be like, you know, if Orend's putting in the hard hours, like... Man, I love the time from like 6 a.m. to like 6 p.m. because there's no trolls like banging on weapons. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just like me and I'm just laying back with a 
you know, my Diet Coke, and I'm just watching, <laughs> Keep watching the crystal ball. To... But man, once they like the sun goes down, all of a sudden it's like bang, bang, mm-hmm. bang. Like how I can't concentrate with that. Yeah, it's like your neighbors coming home after their late shift and blaring music as you try to sleep. And and then she screams, uh, Orin, man or woman? Don't know. No, no idea. Screams at the trolls like, "Can't you weld those things? <laughs> Why do you gotta forge them?" God. Uh, I'm moving to King Thomason's Kingdom of the South, I believe. Uh, first chance I get. Uh, uh, but this is the chapter with uh, the huge change in it. There's a bunch of stuff expurgated. Okay. From this chapter. This is chapter nine. From the right? following section or from the, the, the delightful description of the North? Uh, let me just, uh, I'll go back and read this. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Because there's a, there's a big thing here. Uh, well, let's let's go past it, and then I'll I'll come back at the end. Okay. Um, uh, but it's it's shocking. So yeah, it it leaves the north and all that great stuff up there. Back to uh, Alexander and Timothy. Yes. Um, it says that everyone knew Timothy had a crush on the princess. The princess found him very charming and handsome, but she knew that they were both still young and not ready to get into a romance. Besides, they had more press. They had more pressing issues to deal with since the sorceress Guendevere had decided to destroy them all if they didn't bow down and serve her. So yeah, yeah I guess that would count as a more pressing issue. I mean, even even Timothy could understand that. Uh, I got I got a little crush on you. Hey, uh, you know uh, they just shot uh, the the, the uh, out, what they shot the print the World War One. What caused World oh, War One? Oh yeah, War. yeah. Gavrilo Princep shot uh, Archduke. Gavrilo Princep, Arch- Archduke. Can we, uh, yeah. your little puppy, Focus puppy love can wait yeah. here um, because soon we will be embroiled in the worst horror of the 20th century. Yeah. So let's calm down. Uh, but we, so we, we clarify more about this relationship and it, it really, yeah. it really makes you know that uh, Antigua is land of fairies, wizards and the friend zone <laughs> because uh, Timothy, like they're like running about, they're like, you know giggling in the in the fields and she falls down and he helps her up and says princess you know how i feel about you i love you alexandra and i want to spend the rest of my life with you why can't we be together alexandra says as she put her hand on his cheek sweet timothy i care about you as well we have known each other since we were both children we have been through a lot together over the years you are my closest and dearest friend and i will always care for you but we are both too young to get into a romance if it was meant to be then we will get married and be together forever but it will have to be when we were both a lot older. Do you understand, Timothy? Please say you understand. I don't think I could handle it if I lost you as my friend. I care for you too much for our friendship to end. I just imagine the uh, Timothy on the other end of that as he, as she meets it out. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Princess, you know how I feel about you. Oh, I do. Sweet <laughs> Timothy. He's like, uh-huh. I care about you as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We have known each other since we were both children. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not sexy. We have been through a lot together over the years. Oh, you are my closest and dear... God, yeah. don't, don't say it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that royal welder like, you know, Bruce, he's, uh, you know, he just, when he washes down at the end of a long shift of welding swords, like, oh. Oh, man, he takes off his top hat, yeah. and then he pours that bowl of water over his head, it's, and it goes in slow motion as he yeah. shakes off. See, he bathes since he's not a troll. Uh, that's right. But I sent you another picture that was of a, 
a, a Facebook image a guy posted, and it's you know it's a guy who looks like this could happen to him. He's just you know posing <laughs> yes. next there, like he's like taking a selfie with this cute girl, and then he posts as a comment. He's like, "Wow, we look like a real couple here." And the girl replies, "Yeah, a real couple of besties." <laughs> and that's essentially what has happened to Timothy. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, but I mean, but but last chapter the king was talking about them. They, he knew they would get married one day, so maybe he's just uh, maybe he's trying to to you know help Timothy here. He's trying to help him out. I had this reminded me very strongly of I had a friend who in uh, in college had a girl that we all knew that he was head over heels in love with pursued her forever and uh, we were witnessed we went up to visit this person at a different like it was far away and we stayed the weekend and we got to see him get Timothy <laughs> just get shot out of the saddle. <laughs> we had to, and so that happened like on a Friday night or something where we all witnessed it. Oh, like, devastating. Yeah, you're a great guy. You're you're one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the rest of the weekend, we had to just counsel him. But all we could do was like do jokes about like him getting shot out of the saddle. <laughs> He's like, stop it, guys, man, this hurts. <laughs> yeah, but you, why did you invite us up here to witness? That? Oh man, that's that's just got absolutely Timothy right in front of right, us. the worst moment of your life that you can't you absolutely understand how everyone else would find it utter, utterly hilarious. Yes, and he starts saying things like, "I would give my life for you." So I'm wondering if we're dealing with with Chekhov's friend zone here. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I was wondering that because they're talking about, you know, that no one, you know, the Panthers would tear people apart and stuff. Have, has anyone actually died? There's been people's goblins zapped, but I don't know if any humans have, have died here, right? Uh, no, I think the the, uh, the first the first attack of the village, yeah. everyone just like moved up. Damn, to... my hut. Ugh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, they threw their stuff in a little sack like Voltrar yeah. <laughs> or Zortran or whatever the hell. <laughs> um, but so they're out of the field and uh, they are, uh, the dragon is about to attack the, the real, the real dragon Voltrar, not the hologram. Back in the, back in the castle, the king and the queen are very nervous. Um, yeah. And uh, the queen says, uh, Arlexandrio, Voltrar is coming. Where is Alexandra? Benjamin, who was one of the king's closest friends and advisors, said, my queen, Alexandra will be all right. She knows how to run to safety. I don't think that the princess is foolish enough to stand out in an open field and let the dragon Voraltrar come down from the sky and destroy her with his balls of fire. <laughs> she is too smart for that. <laughs> so if we're talking low bars, uh, Benjamin's uh, opinion of what the princess is too foolish to do is, is pretty low. <laughs> Timothy, maybe here, yeah, maybe he'd let the dragon come down from the sky and destroy him with the balls of fire in the middle of a field, but not your not your daughter. Uh, but I think second line from Benjamin, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean the advisors must have been one of those. Are, you know. Yeah, the advisors. <laughs> <laughs> That's like in a in a in a sixth grade class play or something where there's some kids who just just can't hack it, but everyone has to have a line, so they get they get to come in as one line and be like, "Sir, the knights are here." You know, well then send them in. Says the actual good actor in the class. <laughs> You're messenger yeah, you, number two. And you give the uh, the brattiest kids, you give them a line towards the end of the thing so that they have to behave the whole time <laughs> just to get to say their line. So, so Benjamin's a bratty kid. Uh, but yeah, then we get, um, and this is where the book just gets massively different. Oh, wow. This big attack and the cave yeah, drama. The dragon chases them into a cave. It's, it's not in the... Uh, the paperback? It's not in the hardcover. That's insane. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's, it's crappy, just, it's and you know, it's not my wasn't my well, the funniest part of the thing, but it's sort of a set piece. Well, here now that I, I can read it, now that we know that Timothy got sent to the friend zone, <laughs> uh, we're in Guendevier's castle, right? Yeah, she, she loved tormenting her enemies, etc., watching their weaknesses. <laughs> she wanted to let the inhabitants of the land of Antigua know exactly what her gigantic dragon was capable of doing to them and their land. The knights of King Alexandrio found their way into the cave with Princess Alexandra and Timothy. That's the hardcover. That that's the that's the uh, that's the that's the Kindle. No, I'm looking at. Wait. Uh huh. What do you see? I have a huge thing here. Oh, did I catch something? Wait. Are we reading different versions of this book? Is that what we're discovering right now? <laughs> I don't think so. There's nothing else. That, but that is a, uh, yeah, it's, it talks about the thing, and then it says they, the, the knights found their way into the cave. What do you have? I, I'm, I'm reading the, the PDF here. It, it's pages of them in the cave. Really? Yeah, before that. Like, there's a whole bunch of crap. I mean, the, the ground trembling, and they, 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 the, the dragon has already disappeared by this point in time. Oh, no, no. The the, the uh, blue dragon hovered in the air right above the cave where they were hiding. The giant creature flapped its wings back and forth as it hovered over to the cave. <laughs> it spit out a ball of fire right in front of the cave where they were hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I like, accidentally drug it somewhere as I was making a, uh, as I was making a um, edit or something. But yeah, it's okay. A, anyway, well, you know the well. Trust me, the PDF that I'm reading, which I think is the Kindle version, <laughs> is quite different from the hardcover. That's all I'm saying. Wow. All right. Like a lot. Like like pages and pages. The uh, they they did um, specify in here that uh, as as he's about to attack, Voraltrar flew through the air and spit out fire from his mouth and nostrils. Voraltrar was a gigantic dragon. He was <laughs> okay. he was blue in color. <laughs> They are they are reinforcing that as he's often been referred to as the capital B blue dragon Voraltrar uh, for the first seventy thousand words of the book. So I'm glad that they're yeah. really, really making sure we know that. Oh yeah, no, they had uh, they had right back to uh, Alexandrio's place in the in the hardcover book. They head back there, and that whole like dragon attack is expurgated. Okay, sure. Just so so anyway. Uh, and there's great stuff in the uh, attack. I don't. It must have killed her to have to edit that out. <laughs> um, they, they, so when would they go back? Are we are we doing anything more? Just the, the sorceress was watching all that, and then the, the dragon runs off. I guess I don't know what uh, scares it off, but uh, it says just as quickly as he has appeared, he flew away from the cave and headed for home. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch more then. Then there's a uh, argument back and forth between the king and queen and Alexandria. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but the hardcover, what I'm saying is the hardcover has none of it. Well, don't read the hardcover. I'm not, I'm just looking at yes, it to, right. to point out. But I'm not reading They go it. back and they recap everything that happened to the king and queen as, you know, they, they tend to yes, do in these situations. I'm saying that in the hardcover, that's all gone. It could have been spared all that. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. The, uh, they, they say that, you know, Timothy is going to make a fine knight someday, the king says. I, the king seems very vested in Timothy's future success. He wants him to marry his daughter. He's going to make him a fine knight. He'll be greatly rewarded. And that's when they, they, they give the second, Alexandra means the world to us. And if something were to happen to her, I don't think that we could bear it, B-A-R-E. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to see. My uh, interest in this is to see if the maiden China makes it to the hard 
cover. Oh, she does. All right. China's in. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> what does she do here? Oh, uh, gave her a, uh, prepares her bath water or? Gives- uh, made in China said, Princess, I heard the king say that Timothy was with you and he protected you. Is that true? Yes, China. It is true. Timothy was with me <laughs> and he protected me. <laughs> and Timothy's like, eh? Yeah. He's, <laughs> and she's like, no. She like doesn't even look at him but brushes her hand back towards him. Like, no, 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 no not going to happen. Uh. Yeah. And then, uh, then Maiden Lily asks with excitement, are you in love, my princess? Are you? And Maiden Antoinette says, perhaps the two of you will marry. And she says, whispers, smiles and whispers, perhaps someday. But before that, as she, when she had gone into her bath and everything, which I'm sure Timothy is just like sitting outside, like, you know, quivering as he's just overcome with the thought of the princess taking a bath. She says, you are my hero and my closest friend. I shall cherish you always. Remember what I said. Your friendship means the world to me and I don't want to lose you. She gave Timothy a kiss on his right cheek. And then so Timothy's just got to be like, don't worry, princess. You could never lose me as a friend friend (laughs) i love that she's just grinding yeah it's amazing the cheek kiss devastating that someone watching it would be like man you were really hard on him back there with that friend stuff like and she would go oh was i like don't pretend you don't know (laughs) yeah 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 but what i was saying good things you're my dear friend like yeah you you know (laughs) get my owl to look at the welder (laughs) <laughs> I, I wish to be alone in the bath. Um, and it ends with the dragon flying back. And uh, she says, Ah, Voraltrar has, arri- has arrived as the entire foundation of the castle shook. So <laughs> he's, he's not had great luck killing people, but she still has a, a lot of faith that he's the, the ticket to everything and not his uh, fire hologram. And she's like, uh, so everyone is dead, I assume? The war is over? <laughs> right. Like, mm, uh, how many cottages were there yesterday? There's a lot fewer of them Well, that now. dweeb Timothy, though, you at least were able to take him out. Yeah, look about <sighs> Timothy. Yeah. Ugh, I have a bow tie, by the way, that I'm tugging <laughs> on right now. Well, the cat sort of does that. The chapter ends with the uh, evil sorceress Gwendevier asking sarcastically, Cat, would you prefer all my spend my time tormenting you instead? That would give me great pleasure as well. The sorceress's black cat became frightened. She said fearfully, My queen, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> Please, by all means, continue tormenting the inhabitants of the land of Antigua as much as you like. <laughs> Backing out of the room. <laughs> and then clang goes the frying pan. <laughs> Oh, and the cheese gets eaten, uh, I assume, on like one of those tabletops with a, uh Italian restaurant checkered. Uh, <laughs> yes, yep. Yeah, the mouse cutting a piece lovingly for his wife. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, beautiful. We have that wow. to look forward to. Another just chock full section of, of uh, just a, a wild ride. Holy moly, I, this book. I honestly can't wait to see what happens next. I see that chapter 10 starts with the mermaids, Philandria, and Sharana. So, oh, I mean, we're, wow. we're back underwater. We're getting, I mean, they, they they didn't abandon the prophecy. It was in this section. So that's, I guess we're going to get some more advancement of the plot. Were the gorillas in the prophecy, do you think? <laughs> Boohoo or Bogo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope he's the only character that dies. The, the infant gorilla gets torn apart by panthers. 
no, it's just like there's a gets shot, you know, like the scarecrow dance in slow motion and just blood <laughs> spurting out of He's the gorilla. More bullet hole than gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, music from Platoon plays. Adagio. Na, 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 na. I hope so. Well, uh, we got that to look forward to, but let's do some dumb sentences. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period. All right, dumb sentences. What do you got? Here we go. Well, Donald and Jade both submitted the one we just covered. He was blue in color, and they uh, <laughs> they mentioned, one of them wrote in and says, you've only mentioned it 28 times before. <laughs> <laughs> Alex submitted... Uh, this one, which just standing alone, is is fantastic. The hologram is on fire. The hologram is on fire and is on fire, and it's headed right for us. I don't know if that's a typo or if that's actually in there. But um, even without that, the hologram is on fire and is headed right for us. is pretty spectacular. <laughs> Janelle submitted when they slept in the walls of the castle. The only thing that you could see was their evil dark eyes glowing in the darkness. That's the goblins, of course. And she yes. just says calling attention to the fact that the detail that they sleep with their eyes open so that's interesting maybe that's their bat half um doing that yeah dan submitted this sentence which it stands alone um of the many gnomes living in the land of antigua there was the gnome hori (laughs) (laughs) uh Lindsay submitted this one which needs context of the sentence before it the royal magicians started to play music on their instruments the king had a rather large group of royal musicians and he says, if the king has a rather large group of musicians at his beck and call, then why are the royal magicians playing music? <laughs> uh, Mandy submitted, he had the biggest farm than any of the other elves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a character trait. Uh, Amanda submitted the classic, my lips are quenched. Uh, Arthur submitted, he felt like he was being hunted and he was the prey. <laughs> and said, by definition, if you are being hunted, you are the prey. Uh, Keith and Chat both submitted this one which was covered but I want to say it again I don't think that the princess is foolish enough to stand out in an open field and let the dragon Voral Trog come down from the sky and destroy her with his balls of fire (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mike submitted the sorceress's Egyptian cobra snake was very dangerous and also venomous and he said so other than being poisonous it was dangerous because you might trip over it uh, Justin and <laughs> Justin and Taylor both submitted. He looked into the pot and then took his nose and smelled what was in the pot. Whoa, <laughs> wow. What do you mean he took his nose? <laughs> I think that was the the wizard Zrantor making the potion. Um, yes, that's it for our listeners. Let me find. I definitely had a very good one that was. Uh, I didn't. I purposely did not. Uh, you look for it. I'll do mine. Okay. Uh, the creature that was holding on to the princess began to smell bad. <laughs> the, who was holding on to her? Uh, I think that's the what, goblin. Was the, the goblin, the fake Zrantor. Yes, yes. Oh <laughs> the uh, Zrantor, he of the top hat. Yes. So I mean, I mean, there's only one real way that can happen. All of a sudden, <laughs> right. goblin ripped one. It's. Uh, I would love to hear that described. Began to smell bad. Yeah. <laughs> the goblins, uh, the goblins, uh, flatulence smelled like a fart, just like the mucus looked like <laughs> the a mucus. Uh, g- oh, snot. It was so thick; it looked like snot. <laughs> Here's mine. Uh, it's pretty standard for this book, but it it just makes me laugh every time something like this happens. It was uh, 
Several of the king's court, which included close friends of the family, their relatives, Timothy and his family, several fairies <laughs> that hovered in the air over everybody, the wizard apprentice Jonathan, the wizard apprentice William, and the wizard apprentice Brandon, stood off to the sides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Timothy's family. Yeah, Timothy's family has got to be just like, you know, son, if you screw up this meal ticket, I swear to God, you are not getting any of our meager inheritance. Like, they're like a stage parent, like trying to get him uh, married off. We will move to the Northlands where no one dares go. I swear to God. Uh, well, wow. Uh, dumb stuff, right. dumb stuff. But uh, let's, let's wrap it up with some emails. We ain't going to the party. We ain't going to the game. We ain't going to the dinner. Ain't going to cruise out, man. Stealing people. All right. This first email is from Alyssa. And this is great because we get some real insight to uh, counter the author's uh, bold claims about who this book was really written for. Alyssa says, a uh, long-time uh, listener, have literally listened to every episode, and just wanted to say, in the uh, first Antigua episode, you talked briefly about the length of this, quote, children's novel. That's my industry and what I have a master's and PhD specialization in. She says, Ooh, yes, all right. I go for the big money degrees. The argument <laughs> that this book is, quote, for kids in its style or language becomes even more funny when you look at some industry norms here. So she lists these out. A children's novel, which is... For up to age nine, a.k.a. the age of the person we presume wrote this book is, is capped at about 35,000 words. You would have a hard time selling something longer than that. A middle grade novel, which is ages 8 to 12, is capped at fifty to 60,000 words. And she says both her contemporary novels had to come under this by Macmillan's standards. So I guess she's been published. Fantasy gets a little extra space, but even my friend's high fantasy adventure had to be cut to about 74,000. Uh, Philosopher's Stone, the first Harry Potter book, is only about 76,000. She says, in series, you'll notice the first book often aims for the industry norm. It's only after it's proven successful that the books are allowed to get ridiculously long. And then she says, a young adult novel, which is 12 plus, is capped at about 75,000. Again, fantasy gets a little leeway, but often not more than 90,000 max unless the publishing house has some reason to believe it's going to be a wild success. An agent or publisher receiving a manuscript from an unrepresented, unvetter author, unvetted author of 120,000 plus words for an 8 to 12 year old would laugh and delete the email. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I mean, obviously, your average person self-publishing does not know those industry facts. That's why they're doing it self-publishing. But it's very funny to see how how wrong it is in every on every possible front. I wonder how many words the hardcover is. Maybe that's what they were that's, doing. Oh, there you go. That's possible. I, you know, that's why they hacked back that delightful chapter nine. <laughs> I don't know. No way to tell unless someone scans it the way they did uh, trucking through time. Yes. Uh, we get this email from Kent, who's on board with thinking that uh, Zeno is a is a big time hack. He says after listening to the Connors rant about the paradoxes of Zeno. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought I'd share a limerick I once wrote about them. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I don't know how, why Kent did this, where he found it, if he had it at the tip of his tongue. But he, here we go. There once was a fellow named Zeno, and some would ask, hey, what did he know? He held a strange notion that there was no motion. But if that's true, then where did he go? Boom! <laughs> Burns! Suck it, Zeno. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to recover from that one. Uh, wow. We have this one. This is going to be a, a multimedia one. I'm gonna, I sent you the file. Uh, this is from Colette. 
For your listening horror, this is another challenge from the first episode that we issued. For your listening horror, here is a passage from Antigua as read by the narrator of the Rift Tracks classic Fun in Balloon Land. So she has taken a passage of this and, and read it as if it was narrated by the unhinged lady who, who narrates the parade in Fun in Balloon Land. That is, uh, again, our uh, my uncle who served in the Pacific in World War II would, would love this. Yes. So, we've got Xeno Paradoxes, uh, obscure narrators reading the book. Uh, let's take a listen. There was a pink fairy named Prinky Ye. She was a pretty fairy, but she was also very annoying. She talked with a squeaky voice. She was always flying around where she wasn't wanted, touching things that didn't belong to her, and making a pest out of herself. One day, the great wizard Thandofer was in his cottage mixing up a pot of magic potion. The fairy Prinky flew into the cottage. She flew all around the cottage and then hovered in the air in front of the wizard Thandofer. Wow. Yep, I mean... That's it's what that would sound like, uh, and uh, it fits it pretty well. We just revisited. Uh, we're we're doing a special project, and I got to look at Fun in Balloon Land yep. again. It's, it is a warm balm. Stum. It's so good. It's, like it's having, so stum. Having your maiden wash your hair for you. It's, it feels that good. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> Amanda writes in. I wanted to report that I started reading passage of this passage of this to my seven year old son on the drive to my in laws for Christmas, and I've evidence more evidence that the ellis's claim of the book being beloved by children don't hold water even he started heckling why are they all yelling and they just said that same thing one second ago <laughs> <laughs> she was driving to see uh relatives yeah, was she the rare, Do they have a rare snake egyptian cobra snake around their uh hopefully shoulders seven-year-old did not get mauled by a uh, panther he got too close yeah. to <laughs> Wow. Um, and then we have a, uh, an email from Claire who said, thank you for all you do finding these terrible books and sharing them with the rest of us. There was something so wonderful about terrible art. Recently, I've been catching up with some episodes from last year. Wanted to share. Uh, I often listen to the podcast while I play with my toddler. Every time the intro, outro, dumb sentence, or fanfic music clips play, he stops what he's doing to dance. So greetings from your one-year-old and perhaps youngest fan. So <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. So I don't know which one I want more: the top, the one-year-old dancing to the music I composed of the pocket operator, or the sentence music. But I understand you don't want to put your uh, your kid out there for a bunch of weirdos to watch dance. But if you if you are uh, so intrigued, we would love to see that. We don't have to post it; I'll just send it to Mike. Yes, I would love that. And then the last email was from Stephen, who said, "I'm not a cartographer. I already posted this on Patreon." But I could be an amateur vexiologist, I guess. I don't know what that is. At any rate, here's my attempt at creating flags for the kingdom and cultures of Antigua. Some are better than others. And Stephen created a bunch of like house sigils, like Game of Thrones, for the various uh, four cardinal direction kingdoms. He did my favorite are the ones for the underwater kingdom. There's one of, a, of an octopus holding swords in his hands. So we posted that. <laughs> Charlie. <on Patreon>. Yes. <laughs> but we will post those uh, along with this episode so that everyone can, can enjoy these. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe some t-shirts will be forthcoming. That is good work. I would make a small request mm-hmm. that someone do the map, please. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, if there is a, a cartographer, I, I guess if we've already wanted this, then, uh, then we want that out there. But come on, how hard can it be? Map an entire yeah, it can, fictional It can be kingdom. crude. It, yeah. Yes, it can be uh, Tolkien-esque. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty crappy map, yeah. right? Yeah. Just make sure there's some uh, goblin snot somewhere on it. 
Yes. Wow. Well, uh, if you can't tell, we're enjoying the hell out of this. Encourage you to read along. Tremendous, tremendous it's stuff. Just great fanfic like, for everybody. Great uh, real sections later. Great emails. Great dancing kids. It's it's just a, a wild ride here. Take a big swig of water every time you start a new paragraph, and soon you will have more spit takes than you could ever hope for. <laughs> Seven-year-olds berating it left and right. It's I mean, <laughs> it's tremendous. All right. Well, we will carry on. We'll we'll get a reading assignment, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll you'll find out soon. Thanks, but, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Patreon. Thank you. Yep. So long. Bye. <laughs>